thought it was a lockdown. They opened the fire. Them bullets was flying. Who said it was a lockdown? Goddamn lie. Oh my, time heals all, but you out of time now. Judge gotta watch us from the clock tower. Little tear gas cleared the whole place out. I'll be back with the hazmat for the next round. We was trying to protest and the fires broke out. Look out for the secret agents, they be planted in the crowd. Set a civil unrest, but you sleep so sound. Like you don't hear the screams when we catching beat down. Staying quiet when they're killing niggas, but you speak loud when we ride. Got opinions coming from a place of privilege. Sicker than the COVID, how they did them on the ground. Speaking of the COVID, is it still going around? Why won't you tell me about the looting? What's that really all about? Cause they throw away black lives like paper towels plus unemployment rate. What? 40 million now, killed a man in broad day, might never see a trial. We just wanna break chains like slaves in the south. Started in the north end, but we in the downtown. Riot cops try to block, now we got a showdown. Down. You should've been downtown. The people are rising. We thought it was a lockdown. They opened the fire. The bullets is flying. Tube, dog, look how they do us. Knee on our necks, bullets and backs, stimulus checks, strictly for blacks. History repeating, people scared to eat a chicken. Everybody going vegan, what they put in it. Look at the world we living in, they got a shook in it. You going, you jogged, and your color might get you took in it. The man in the mirror can't look away, you gotta look at it. Black lives matter, so what it means when they shoot at it? Generation genocide, what happened to enterprise? Heard the man infiltrated, Black Panther re-energized, ain't nothing to figure out. They trying to kill us out. If I take a nail, see my fist, I'm a killer now. Just think, bullshit, you got a foot to out. Are you really ready for the smoke like a Swisher house? Ready for the revolution? Who ready to ride? It won't be televised, so tell me who ready to die. If downtown going up, where we at with the shits? We at the liquor store, nigga, about to get us a fifth. No, they about to start looting, grab the gloves and mask. Watch out for them tanks when they rolling past, shit. <laughs> Never understand why they do it. Someone cut the channel off the news before I lose it. I ain't even tripping. If you with it, then we looting. Help me put this Louie in the back of Suzuki. Oh, he had to break it down so smoothly. They gon' say it's not about race, but we moving. Hope, power, have to trade pound. Had to put in my name. Wish a nigga play now. Uh, any given day, I'll be headed to the pulpit. Say a little prayer. Matter of fact, I need two of them. Welcome, friends and family. Thank you again 
for taking the time to listen to this message. Today's date, according to the System of Babylon, is September 11th, 2020. As a quick reminder, we are now in the seventh month, not the ninth month. The ninth month will be in November. N- n- November. If this society vibrated on truth, the correct date would be 7-11, not 9-11. Anyway, I will proceed. I'm your host, Dawid Yaakov Maccabeus. You're listening to Signs and Wonders, the broadcast that came right on time. Before I proceed, I will send a message to Aya. Aya, thank you for another opportunity to speak to your people. Thank you for protecting my family and myself from the attacks from this demonic system. Thank you for giving me wisdom to navigate through this time. I ask in the power of Yahshua that you continue to guide me with wisdom and that you allow justice to flow on this earth like water and righteousness to rise like the sun. Give power to your elect and show us how to destroy the beast of Babylon. Open the eyes and the ears to those that need this message and bind and bound any demonic entity that deny or try to deny the flow. All praise Ayah, all praise Ayah, all praise Ayah. Okay, thank you for um, being here. This broadcast is entitled The Stick and the Worm. Okay, now, what time is it? For many years, I have spoken about the observation of the moon in connection with the ancient Hebrew spirituality. Those of you who have listened to Signs and Wonders broadcast are aware of this connection. The purpose of the Passover was to free the ancient Hebrews from the grass of the Hyksos in ancient Kemet. What occurred at that time was three days of darkness of the new moon. And during that time, the angel of darkness or the angel of death killed the firstborn of those that were not protected by the blood of the sacrificial lamb. For this year, 2020, March 9th, marked the time of the official new year, and March 23rd marked the start of the Passover. The three days of darkness and the sacrifice of the lamb during this time, the Blasphemy of them which say they are the original people and are not, but are the synagogue of the parasitic demonic elite. This group continued to do this ritual. They do it with a twist. And this is how they maintain control over our planet. Now I'm going to read something that most of you should be familiar with. And Ayah spake unto 
Moses and Aaron in the land of Kemet, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of the month, which is Abib, March. It shall be the first month of the year to you, as it as I mentioned this year, um, this fell on March 9th, 2020, right? Which is the Passover. And it reads, Speak ye unto all the congregation of the Hebrews, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their father, a lamb for an house, and if the house be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighborhood next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his uh, eating shall make your account for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. Ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And ye shall keep it up until the fourth day of the same month and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in this uh, in the evening now keep in mind those of us uh, those of us that comprehend scriptures and have wisdom we know Yahshua did away with this a long time ago. The necessity of blood sacrifices is no longer needed. Yet, them which say they are the original people and are not have continued to shed blood. The reason I speak on this is for you to observe the similarities of the times. During the month of March, a worldwide order was set to stay in your house for 14 days. If not, the death angel, a.k.a. COVID-19, would kill you. You are not allowed to use the parks. You are not allowed to go to your place of worship. And the celebration of Passover was canceled. The very few now have more power than the very many. And it reads. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper doorpost of the house wherein they shall eat it and they shall eat the flesh in that night roast with fire and unleavened bread and with bitter herbs they shall eat it eat not of it raw nor sodden at all with water but roast with fire his head with his legs and with the um, prutinance thereof and ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, and that which remaineth of it until the morning ye shall burn with fire. Now, you are paying attention 
This is a death ritual called upon the angel of death. Right? The Hebrews performed a blood sacrifice to call upon a deity. Now I have a question. What deity was called upon while we were in lockdown? Hmm? And it reads, And thus shall you eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Now keep in mind, the ritual was for the preparation of war. Okay, that's why I want. To, I'm bringing this up for a point. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of the Hyksos. Now, I had to add the Hyksos in there so we don't go too far off track. And so that those that now know, know what's really going on. Now, I have to be clear. For those of you who are not familiar with the time frame of this event, or the people whom this ritual was for, these scriptures are not speaking about Ra or Ma'at. Because ancient Kemetic spirituality is a system of righteousness. It was a system that allowed you to cultivate your higher self and learn how to become a righteous being. Prior to the invasion of the Hyksos, ancient Kemet was the Mecca of spirituality. At this time, usurpers took over the land and split Egypt into two parts, Upper Egypt and Lower Egypt. The Hyksos, or Hyksos, however you want to pronounce it, captured Lower Egypt and brought in their gods. The angel of death struck against the Hyksos deities and their system of oppression. So the, the ritual that was performed, the blood sacrifice that was performed, was a preparation for war. If you really open your eyes and see what was going on at this time. And it reads... And I will execute judgment. I am the Lord and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the house where ye are. And where I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Now I'm just going to pause here real quick and and, and ask you to allow your imagination to comprehend what is being said here as an alternative what, to what we have been taught. When they girded up their loins, they pretty much tied 
the cloths to their legs so they can move. When they um, put the, the blood on the doorpost, they know who to hit and who not to hit. All right. If you're calling upon the angel of death, that means it's time for war. Now, you have to really start to um, read between the lines of what was written, what was left for us to, to comprehend. All right. Now, <clears throat> why did I open this broadcast with this? Because our planet is experiencing pure hell. As we go through this demonic pandemic, this demonic putrid worm called the World Health Organization has created this pandemic under the umbrella of the United Nations. We know this because they admitted to it via their event 201 exercise. We saw the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation join forces with the World Economic Forum to simulate a coronavirus outbreak on October 18th, 2019, only six weeks before the first case in Wuhan, China. This pandemic, this simulation, this uh, demonic world takeover exercise had a disease called CAPS, C-A-P-S, which stands for Coronavirus Associated Pulmonary Syndrome. Okay. Now, let's break, let's break down this WHO, this World Health Organization, controlled false flag. Pulmonary, which means occurring in the lungs, the uh, respiratory system, right? The respiratory system syndrome. What it says, it says a group of signs and symptoms that are in symptoms that occur together and characterize a particular abnormality or condition. Coronavirus associated pulmonary syndrome. Uh, okay, it's coronavirus, a corona, <laughs> coronavirus associated pulmonary syndrome now is it a coincidence that event 201 is conducting the exercise six weeks before the Wuhan China release how is it that event 201 predicted the perfect scenario how is it that China only had eight, uh, 82,341 cases with 1.4 billion people and only 3,342 deaths when the pandemic became mainstream. China, which is uh, ground zero of this pandemic, yet the World Health Organization is not calling them out. Instead, they use them as a model for the world to follow. By now you should see that the goal was to totally control this planet. We are living the 1984 demonic agenda, COVID-19. 
Okay. This this 1984 demonic agenda. COVID-19 is a well-constructed event that allows the very few to control the many. And the only way this works is if they, the many, believe this lie. Okay? Now, anyone with eyes that see can observe this deception. You can see the so-called Chinese Communist Mafia Party and the demonic global deep state Nazis manipulate our planet. We can see them attempt to take full control of this world using this so-called coronavirus associated pulmonary syndrome now known as COVID-19 the certificate of vaccination identification this 2020 pandemic has has the uh, uh, synagogue of Satan written all over it. The demonic elite class always use wordplay to bring in their rituals. This CAPS, C-A-P-S, has two meanings. One is an acronym for the virus and the other means to complete a goal or to cover for example place caps over our heads or bottle caps to hold liquid to protect or control the caps virus is an all controlling virus this is literally demonic energy walking among us being used by those that subscribe to this system of luciferianism and these luciferians are bringing in the mark of the beast system the same system spoken of in scriptures. This same demonic parasite has poisoned our air, has poisoned world trade, world health, world travel, world worship, and replaced all of these activities with worldwide fear and distrust. The deities that were released in the month of March are now walking among us. They're here. They are cleverly cloaked in the COVID-19 propaganda. Now, if you are aware, you can see that these are the same players that benefited from the 911 World Trade Center tax. And just like September 11, 2001, they use fears to take away your freedom. 19 years ago, event 201 equals false fab like 2001, like COVID-19 will take away more freedoms than 19 years ago. You see the play on words? The same demonic parasites are now benefiting from this pandemic. Except now, they want total control. Now, in case you are new to this, let me explain. The World Health Organization is under the control of the United Nations. After World War II, during 1944, this same group brought into being the creation of the New World Order. When the Nazi joined forces with the 
upper 1% elite class of the European nation, the upper 1% hmm, are the filthy, the royal bloodlines, the demonic priest class and pawns hoping to kiss the ring of Lucifer. This same group created the World Bank Group, the International Monetary Fund, the International Atomic Energy Agency, the World Food Program, and of course, the World Health Organization. And now for the past 74 years, they have destroyed our planet. This is the synagogue of Satan. They created world hunger using the World Food Program, world poverty using the World Bank Group, and world diseases using the World Health Organization. This is well documented in books like Oneness vs. the 1% by Vandana Shiva, Confessions of an Economic Hitman by John Perkins, The Creation from Jekyll Island by Edward Griffin, and programs like Operation Paperclip. It goes on and on and on. These same groups watched over the AIDS pandemic of the 1980s while they developed the so-called Third World. We see the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank groups create enemies out of friends. And now we watch the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation join forces with the World Economic Forum to simulate a coronavirus outbreak on October 18th 2019, just six weeks before the first case of COVID-19 is unveiled in Wuhan, China. Now, if you have two brain cells to rub together and eyes to see, it is time to stand. The time is now. Now, Let's take a look at the players responsible for our recent world pandemic and hear the solutions on how to end them. Okay? Before I do this, I'm going to take a quick break and then I will be right back. But who else are the real Shemites? There are other anti Zionist, non Ashkenazi, Torah-keeping Jews worldwide that are the true Shemites, just like the Yemenite Jews and the black African Shemites. And I most probably shouldn't go here, but I will anyway. You see, after the destruction of the temple, yes, many of the Jews, the poor Jews, remained in the land, but there was a migration as well of the more affluent Jews to Yemen and to other parts of Africa other parts of Africa. You see, the black African Shemites were actually then taken away in slave ships. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 68. And who were the owners of these slave ships? Who were the biggest slavers in the 16th century? The Ashkenazi were the biggest slavers in the 16th and 17th century, going into the 18th century. You see, Ashkenazi slaving was huge. 
This is from, I have to be careful when I say this, so my sources, it's always best to go with Jewish sources, right? Because you just, tr- you just trod on a bunch of toes. So we'll go with the Jewish sources. There's a ton of sources out there, but I'll stick with the Jewish ones because that's just safer. The Jewish scholar Jonathan Shorshek says this, Jewish merchants routinely possessed enormous numbers of slaves temporarily before selling them off. If a slave auction fell on a Jewish festival, it was postponed due to lack of buyers and sellers. The Jews of Suriname gave their slave plantations Hebrew names such as Machanaim, Nachamu, and Goshen. Rabbi Herbert Bloom adds that the slave trade was one of the most important Jewish activities. In 1694, Jews owned 9,000 African Shemites. Jewish slaving is in fact confirmed by the Jewish encyclopedia. So in the days that we live, there's nothing more important than this Malkizedic message to the true Shemites. Because this Malkizedic message of the true Shemites is the solution. It is the solution to the Palestinian problem. It is the solution to the Black Lives Matter that is being fermented by the synagogue of Satan. It is the solution to racial tensions, segregation that is all part of the synagogue of Satan's plot for Yahweh's people to fight amongst themselves based upon the color of our skin. That is ridiculous. But that is what they want so that we keep our minds off of them as the true slavers of Yahweh's people. When we all realize who's behind this racial and political fermentation, the synagogue of Satan, and when we join the priesthood together as Joseph's coat, we're victorious Then we're victorious over the New World Order slavers, their Luciferic, Levitical perversion. You see, they're obsessed with blood. They're obsessed with their own blood, and they're obsessed with your blood. But they're not obsessed with Yahusha's blood. Welcome back. Who are the players? Stick in the worm. The who connection. Now, the so-called elite class, which is better known as the ruling power structure, has been in full control of the demonic destiny of our planet for thousands of years. Now, I know this is a powerful statement. However, in order for you to fully comprehend what is coming on, You have to know who these self-proclaimed rulers are and how they continue to dominate. At the moment, we see the World Health Organization give marching orders to the sub-organizations and push directives to world leaders, national health bureaus, government officials, city officials, and media conglomerates. In lockstep, we see all the health organizations mirror their parasite. 
the European Center for Disease Prevention and Control, which is the ECDC, the American Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, the Hong Kong Center for Health Protection, CHP, the French Institute uh, de Vélez-Santerie, IVS, the Canada Public Health Agency of Canada, PHAC, the Indian National Center for Disease Control, NCDA, the Australian, New Zealand, South American, and African National Health Bureaus all receive the same script from the WHO. Now, when you know that the World Health Organization comes out of the United Nations Economic and Social and Social Council, which also created the International Monetary Fund, the IMF, as a reminder, the IMF, which is used to create the poverty we see in this world today, which leads to the wars we see in developing nations, as well as the present chaos and destruction. When you see this and you know this, you begin to see how the ruling power structure manipulates these organizations to control our planet. Now, for those of you still in doubt about this plan, this planned global takeover, I'm going to reference the infamous Rockefeller Foundation document entitled Scenarios for the Future of Technology and International Development. Now what's telling about this document is that it predicts this worldwide pandemic 10 years ago. The document was produced by the uh, the Global Business Network and the Rockefeller Foundation. They did this during the month of May 10 years ago in 2010. In this document on page 666 under scenario narrative the section is called lockstep. It states a world of tighter top-down government control and more authoritarian authoritarian leadership with limited innovation and growth I mean and growing citizen pushback all right this is what it says for lockstep a world of tighter top-down government control and more authoritarian leadership with limited innovation and growing citizen pushback are we seeing that now? Now, <clears throat> even though they pulled the trigger and pushed forth this scenario, it was immediately exposed and all of this information is already out there. Everywhere. All you have to do is open up your eyes. For example, investigative journalist Harry Vox of VoxNews.com spake about this in a video on his website on his website called Police State um, Contagion Contagion I'm sorry <laughs> Police State Contagion uh, it says a US plan to use bioweapons to impose martial law one quarantine at a time 
Now, in this video, you will see Harry Vox display the document that I'm going to read to you today on October 25th, 2014. Also, on the Global Research website, you will find an article written by F. William uh, Ingdahl called Lockstep. This is No Futuristic Scenario, Panic and the Post-Pandemic Future, written April 19, 2020. And hundreds of other alternative media outlets, both are excellent sources to get this information. All right. Now, I wanted to um, explain that hopefully by now you read this document, the Rockefeller Foundation, the Technical International Development Document. Okay, hopefully you read it a while ago. If you're new to this, then I will go over, over this now. And in the future, after this broadcast, I want you to do your own research. Okay. Now, <clears throat> this comes from under the section called Lockstep, and it reads, In 2012, the pandemic that the world had been anticipating for years finally hit. Unlike 2009's H1N1, this new influenza strain originated from wild geese, was extremely virulent and deadly. Even the most pandemic-prepared nations were quickly overwhelmed when the virus uh, streaked around the world, infecting nearly 20% of the global population and killing 8 million in just 7 months. The majority of them healthy young adults, the pandemic also had a deadly effect on, econ on economies. International mobility of both people and goods screeched to a halt, deliberately uh, debilitating industries like uh, tourism and breaking global supply, uh, supply chains. Even local normal busting shops in office buildings sat empty for months, devoid of both employees and customers. End quote. Now, keep in mind. This, this was written um, <clears throat> in 2010, and they said that this was supposed to happen in 2012, right? 2012 was supposed to be the end of the 5,120-year cycle, and many thought it was the end of the world. So it would not be a surprise why they would choose 2012. And of course, you can also replace the wild geese with wild bats, the healthy young adults with unhealthy older adults, uh, adults or um, young adults that have been poisoned by the environmental uh, poison like um, GMOs, uh, poisonous foods like high fructose corn syrup, uh, aspartame bovine uh, uh, growth hormones um, cornstarch the EMF poisoning poisoning of water like in Flint, Michigan uh, fluoridated water y you get it, right? 
if you have any of these conditions, then it seems like you're getting attacked by the COVID. Okay? I think this is what they considered healthy adults because they knew that once they put this poison in the atmosphere, whether you want to call it a bioweapon or if it ain't real, they're putting something out there. I, I prefer to think it's a bioweapon. They put this this bioweapon out there knowing that it will attack healthy people. But if the healthy, so-called healthy people are eating poison, then that poison triggers the effects that we see with COVID-19. And this document also speaks about the halt to travel, right? America is now restricted to travel to Europe and vice versa. So that happened. The shutting down of the economies, global supply chains, and of course, all caused by this new influenza strain called COVID-19. Just like the simulation they did, Event 201. And it reads, The pandemic blanketed the planet through disproportionate numbers uh, no it says though disproportionate numbers die in Africa South Asia and Central America where the virus spread like wildfire in the absence of official con uh, containment protocols but even in developed countries containment was a challenge the United States initial policy of strong discouraging citizens from flying proved deadly in its leniency, accelerating the spread of the virus not just within the U.S. but across borders. However, a fewer, a few countries did fare better. China, in particular, the Chinese government's quick imposition and enforcement of mandatory quarantine for all citizens, as well as its instant and near hermetic sealing off of all borders saved millions of lives stopped the spread of the virus far earlier than in other countries and enabled a swift post-pandemic recovery china's government was not the only one that took extreme measures to protect citizens from risk and exposure during the pandemic national leaders around the world fixed their Authority and imposed airtight rules and restrictions from the mandatory wearing of face masks to body temperature checks at the entries to communal spaces like train stations or supermarkets. Even after the pandemic faded, this more authoritarian control and oversight of citizens and their activities stuck and even intensified. In order to protect themselves from the spread of the increasingly global problems from pandemics and transnational terrorism to environmental crisis and rising poverty, leaders around the world took a firm grip on power. This is going on in Australia right now. Everything I read here is going on in Australia right now and this was written 10 years ago now is this happening today 
Now, I know you know the answer, but I have to ask you, is this happening today? Since March 2020, the entire planet is on mandatory quarantines. Mandatory wearing of face masks. Mandatory body temperature checks at the entries to communal spaces and the intensification of more authoritarian control and oversight of all citizens. Now I have a question. Is this just a coincidence? I would also mention the seeds they continue to plant concerning the developing nations, Africa, Southeast Asia, and Central America. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation continue to push their depopulation agenda through the World Wide Health Organization. Now, I want to remain on topic, so I'm going to save how the uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation manipulates the poor nations to fulfill their eugenics agenda. After this discussion, I will read an article entitled Bill Gates Vaccinations, Microchips, and Patented 060606. So give you or give us deeper insight into who the ruling power structure is and what they are planning for the future. Okay. Now the question was, is the lockstep scenario happening today? Let me tell you. My answer is 100% yes. In the world of the demonic ruling class, there is no coincidences. It's only opportunity. This is a well-organized attack on the health of our planet, coordinated by the World Health Organization, and it is not an accident. For years, we read about false flags and population uh, and propaganda campaigns targeting gullible populations. We know that the Intelligent uh, Alliance, also known as the Five Eyes, which consists of the United States, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, and the United Kingdoms, along with the Central Intelligence Agencies of the United States, Europe, Israel, Saudi Arabia, and the Unknown would never let this opportunity go to waste. Dwight D. Eisenhower warned about the overreach of the military-industrial complex back in 1961. And eyes that see, see why. Now, what I read from the Rockefeller document is called Scenario Planning. Scenario planning goes back to the 1940s. It is kind of like prophecies, but the people that produce these scenarios are not called prophets, they are called futurists. They are kind of like prophets, but the difference is the prophet predicts the future for the benefits of mankind, but the scenario planners predict the future for profits and total control. Now to better understand this, you have to know when this all began. Like most demonic deeds, this innovation came out of death and destruction after World War II. The threat of thermonuclear war became a clear and present danger, so they tell us. 
This problem was solved by the development of something called the think tank. Even the name think tank comes from the Cold War, which implies it is a military term. The use of these think tanks was to plan out doomsday scenarios. One of the leading figures in the industry, his name was Herman Kahn. In fact, the inspiration for Stanley Kubrick's movie Dr. Strangelove, that person in Dr. Strangelove was this figure. Okay? Here's a quick statement from Wikipedia, I mean Wikipedia, and it states, Herman Kahn, a military strategist and system theorist, while employed at the RAND Corporation, the global policy think tank created in 1958. He became known for his analyzing the likely consequences of nuclear war and recommending ways to improve survivability making him one of the historical inspirations for the title character of Stanley Kubrick's classic black comedy film entitled Dr. Strangelove. Khan was born in Bayonne, New Jersey, the son of Yida Nikoslewski and Abraham Khan, a tailor. His parents were Jewish immigrants from Eastern Europe, he was raised in the Bronx, then in Los Angeles, following his parents' divorce. Raised Jewish, he later became an atheist. End quote. Now, we can say with confidence that industry came out of this military-industrial complex. What do I mean? I mean, we can say with confidence that this scenario planning, this think tank, this predictive, this predictive marketing, this, this prediction, projection, all came from the military-industrial complex. We can say that with confidence. Now, keep in mind, Herman Kahn is the founding figure of scenario planning. He also was the founder of the Hudson Institute, another think tank appropriated by the military-industrial complex. Right? Men like Herman Cain and another guy by the name of Pierre Wack worked for the military-industrial complex as well as top corporations to predict planned major events. As it states in Wikipedia, Pierre Wack was an unconventional uh, French oil executive who was the first to develop the use of scenario planning in the private sector. So prior to the private sector, it was used for the military. He used it at Royal Dutch Shell's London headquarters in the 1970s. So successful was he that the Anglo-Dutch oil giant was able to anticipate not just one Arab indeed oil shock during that decade, but two. His 1985 articles, Scenarios, Uncharted Waters Ahead, 
and scenarios shooting at the rapids are considered amongst the first to bring the thoughts and theories of futurist Herman Kahn into business strategy, unquote. Like I stated, Pierre Walk works for Dutch Shell. Take a sip. He scenario planned the 1973 energy crisis, which became the OPEC oil embargo and the 1986 oil market collapse. Details of this can be found in a book entitled The Four Horsemen Behind American's Oil War by Dean Henderson. Also, he scenario planned the 1991 fall of the Soviet Union, the end of South African apartheid, and the rise of the Muslim rag, uh, radicalism. The same Muslim radicalism that gave us the 9-11 attacks on the World Trade Center. The same Muslim radicalism that took away our basic freedoms that caused the so-called Arab Spring in the Middle East and created modern-day terror. You can read more about Pierre Wack in an article called The Man Who Saw the Future, written by Art Kleiner, published February 12, 2003. Now, I speak about Pierre Wack to highlight the extent of the manipulation. In the article, it states... Pierre Wack was a student of Sufi mystic Gurdjieff. Another article entitled Lessons from the Godfather of Strategic Conversation. It speaks about how he was a student of Sufi mystics who burned incense in his office. Now, what I take from this is that he used mysticism to induce mental trances to visualize these scenarios. The articles also inform us on how he would get the executives to internalize the scenarios to take actions from what he coined the gentle art of re-perceiving. Okay? Now I read all this and try to bring this to your attention to add to the fact that not only is this not a coincidence but an opportunity but that it's scientific in nature. Okay? Scientific. This is a military industrial complex takeover of the world utilized by the same beast that did the rituals on March 9th. Are you hearing These two men are considered the founders of the modern futurist model that went from military industrial complex to being used by corporations. So when we read scenarios for the future of technology and international development that was written 10 years before the 2020 pandemic or plandemic, and when we see the event 201 simulated coronavirus outbreak six weeks before first case in Wuhan, 
our eyes can see the prophets of doom in action no matter how much they try to deny it. Now to solidify this information we're going to dig deeper into this document and take a look at all four of the scenarios because most people just use that one scenario and then they ignore the other three. Today we're going to go over all of them. Okay. Now if you observe the two names on the Rockefeller document you see the deception unfold. On the document we see Global Business Network GBN was labeled as a high-level network and corporate research agency. The co-founder of GBN was Peter Schwartz, who wrote the letter on page 6 of the document, Global Business Network, was dissolved in 2013, and Peter Schwartz went to work for Salesforce, according to Wikipedia. In this document, it speaks about the possibility of four different futures, which are Lockstep 1, Clever Together 2, Hack Attack 3, or Smart Scramble. Now before I continue, <clears throat> I have to mention the second name in this document. It was Judith Rodin, or it is Judith Rodin. She was the president of the Rockefeller Foundation at the time. After her tenure, she was hired by Andrew Cuomo, the government of New York, to co-chair what is what was called NYS 2100. It's all this 2100, 2001, 9/11, 2001. But NYS 2100 Commission, as it states, the NYS 2100 Commission is tasked with finding ways to improve the resilience and strength of the state infrastructure in the face of a natural disaster and other emergencies uh, oh yeah I just stopped there alright let me read that again it says the NYS 2001 commission is tasked for finding ways to improve the resilience and strength of the state's infrastructure in the face of natural disasters and other emergencies it's amazing how Andrew Cuomo Cuomo was the governor of the city that became ground zero for the COVID-19 and the former president of the Rockefeller Foundation became the co-chair NYS 2100 Commission. Now we know why New York followed lockstep to the letter. Ground Zero in the United States, New York. Wonder why. Now, <clears throat> here's a quick overview of the four scenarios. Lockstep speaks on a flu pandemic that gave the exact scenario we see at the present. We see economic shutdowns, quarantines, mandatory lockdowns, mandatory wearing a mask, everything. We're living lockstep today. But there's another one. The next scenario is called hack attack. Okay? It speaks about an economic disaster that causes that was caused by severe climate change, kind of like 
the wildfires of California, the frequency of the hurricanes in the south, and the riots in the cities. All of this is during a recession brought on nationalism which resulted in mafia controlling the global economies with major hacking of banking institutions, destabilization of global trade, dirty vaccines killing Africans again, because they have that in there, they're killing Africans again. Now, notice how in both scenarios they always target Africa. Now, personally, I think this is plan B if plan A fails because right now lockstep is going on and it's kind of fading out but now they're merging it with hack attack right the coronavirus side is weak because Donald Trump is not playing their games he wanted to get the economy going so he is ignoring the who recommendation Trump also knows the demonic plan to all y'all that hate Trump You better rethink that and start doing research and understanding and stop um, parroting the media because the media is telling you who to like and who not to like. And if you dislike the only person that can save you, it's on you. Now, if you are paying attention, you see the rise of Antifa and Black Lives Matter anarchists. You don't hear about Antifa because Trump labeled them as a terrorist organization. Not as much as you hear about Black Lives Matter. We now see BLM becoming the total hiding uh, behind deceived black people unaware that our justice has been hijacked by the deep state so that they can bring in the hack attack scenario for the deep state to do this they have to stop the opening of our economy and keep the shutdown in place in order to keep America afloat Trump spent trillions of dollars on the stimulus package after they started burning down the cities after he after he spent the stimulus package they start burning down the city so all the money that went to the small businesses to keep him going. All the money that went to us that we can spend money with the ball with with the um, small businesses. And the first time that trillions of dollars actually went uh, went not just to the banks but to actually businesses. The first time that happens, what what happens? Cities start to burn down. All that money and effort is just being burnt up. Is that an accident? They also hope the recent wildfires, hurricanes, coronavirus exploits and riots will allow them to bring in the recession so that the hack attack scenario can play out. That's why I advise you to read the document. Read the hack attack scenario. Brought on by severe climate change in a recession. Then after the recession, total chaos. Mafia takes over the planet. 
And guess what? Worst struck is Africa. There was far more deaths in the developing nations. It's called depopulation. The next scenario is called Smart Scramble. It speaks about how the 2008 economic crisis did not recover but made the global economy worse and predicted how developed nations could no longer afford mass immigration and as a result there was an exodus to the developing nations resulting in the renaissance of Africa and other poor nations. It speaks about how the good enough technology became the solution for what um, for water purification, food production, health care, energy grids, and development of micromanufacturing. In this scenario, the fall of the, <coughs> of the Western world will free the developing nations because the global economies are bankrupt. Now, personally, I like smart scramble. This is the one that I was like, hmm. Africa no longer looked for handouts from NGOs or manipulators that have been surprising Africa since, I mean, suppressing, uh, surprising and suppressing Africa since the slave trade. Now, if you're paying attention, this scenario, the, the smart scramble, is actually happening as we speak because the, they predict things and even things that they didn't want to happen happen as a result of things that they have done it's a side effect so they weigh it you know can we really afford to do this scenario if this happens and then they try to do something else to counter that. It's chess. You know, it's chess. Everybody talks about playing chess. They play chess all day long. Now, as a result for Smart Scramble, COVID-19 for example, many African nations and herb herbalists have developed remedies to cure a cure for the COVID-19. They are doing this without the interruption from the WHO. And the reason why the WHO is not interrupting Africa because the WHO is, is, is trying to control the United States of America. And the WHO can't control the United States of America because Donald Trump weakened the WHO. And since Donald Trump weakened the WHO, the WHO can't can't say anything to Africa because America's not saying anything. America's not following the who. So if the leading nation tells the who to go to hell, then Africa can tell the who to go to hell too. So now they create their own remedies to this problem. This is why we have not heard of millions of deaths predicted from the lockdown, the lockstep plan. We also hear of many Africans leaving Europe and America because the Western economies are shutting down. Like I said, personally, this is in line with Revelations 18. 
and I'll speak on this later if I have time. That's smart scramble from the same document. Now the last scenario is called clever together. <clears throat> it speaks on present day global issues before this coronavirus psyop. It takes place after the 2008 economic crisis. It states instead of a disaster the globe comes out stronger than ever but because of this the climate suffers and CO2 rises. Here goes the climate change agenda. This allows the government to implement the Green New Deal and all the government gets on board, all the governments get on board and work together to create a sustainable planet where the people of the planet work together to solve the problems. Now what's interesting about this scenario this shows Africa as a shining light. So even this one gives Africa benefits. Where the continent is create, creating solar energy farms, kind of like what Akon's doing right now with the solar and the help, the funding from China to, to light Africa. Okay? This was seen prior to him doing that, now, mind you. People also migrated back to the continent and created mesh networks, local micro-economies, -econ and solve problems locally because the global supply chain is bankrupt due to severe climate change. Because of the meat uh, product, a scarce, uh, because meat products are scarce and the world moves towards a more vegan lifestyle, GMOs are now being used to solve problems instead of creating them and the world works together to solve the problem of climate change. Now I don't like genetically modified organisms uh, genetically modified organisms at all. And in this scenario the clever together they're trying to create this kumbaya world it's saying that the world has to work together because of climate change. And the Green New Deal scenario is what um, the uh, the uh, what do you call it? The super Democrats, the progressive Democrats, are working for, working towards the United States. This is the progressive agenda. Clever together. See how everything is? You know, they write about it, they put it out there, and then they get their agents to push it, to 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 follow follow it. You know, to push it out. Now. Personally, Smart Scramble and, and uh, Clever Together are more in line with what is spoken of in scriptures outside of the climate change psyop, of course. But that seems to be what will happen after all this crap is removed. In the Rockefeller document, they point to the most likely scenario to be Clever Together. And this was before Donald Trump was elected and remove the United States away from the Paris Accord Agreement. Right? This is why we see the environmentalists, the environmentalists going crazy, joining the Antifa movement and Black Lives Matter movement. This scenario would have played out if Bernie Sanders was elected. We know this because the Congressional Progressive Caucus, like I said, the Progressive Democrats, like 
Alexandria uh, Ocasio-Cortez and Elon Omar they were pushing the Green New Deal now the Green New Deal falls under ecological economics the Rockefeller Foundation see this as another business model to bring in more control it's called ecological economics right this is for capital capital gain it's not to save you or me or to make it easy it's for capital gain so they love to have clever together the anarchists have no clue they are deceived because the military industrial complex will not allow populations to be independent or self-sufficient they cannot allow sustainable technologies in the hands of the poor if they did they would see that they are obsolete right if they allowed you and I to have power they'd become obsolete they are using the energy of the masses to bring forth our own enslavement just like the Black Lives Matter movement is using the suffering of black men and black women to burn down our cities and create a worldwide recession. Wake up. They use us to destroy us. The ruling power structure saw the Brexit protests, the Yellow Vest protests, the Hong Kong protest, the independent movement of Italy, the reparations movement, libertarian movements, and nationalist movements in the United States. And they needed Clinton to turn the tide. They had to have Hillary Clinton to turn the tide. We watched the deception play out live on air. <coughs> Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton steals the nomination from Bernie Sanders and causes the deep state to lose the election. Then the same, the deep state ruling power structure uses the election of Donald Trump as cover to go with scenario plan lockstep. Now that we see lockstep losing, they are witnessing we are witnessing scenario plan hack attack on the rise the main goal is for them to achieve the green new deal and get the depopulation agenda back on track many people are deceived by pawns of the ruling power structure into thinking the green new deal is for the well-being of our planet but you have to understand this demonic ruling power structure will never willingly release control. They are using the destruction of our environment to control our environment. We have to take our power back to properly fix the problems they created. Now, what I see is their control quickly fading away. This is why we see them censor anyone that fights against the narrative. We see them remove our websites, cancel our YouTube videos, and refuse to communicate with anyone that disagrees. 
This, brothers and sisters, is a sign of weakness. Regardless of how many little CIA, Mossad, MI6, and the other demonic, low vibrational, demonic pawns you have, you lose. Facts. And the fact that we win makes this all the more enjoyable to witness. We are witnessing the fall of Babylon in real time. And this was written from our original scenario planners called prophets, the ancient Kemetic peoples, the ancient Hebrew peoples, the real Christians and Muslims of scriptures written in the books. These are the ones this hermetic Luciferian religion are pretending to be. These are the ones these hermetic Luciferian religious idiots are pretending to be and we are them we are the original scenario planners the original ancients the DNA flows within our veins and if it flows within our veins so does the information and this is what you are hearing today We are those spoken of that will bring them down. Now, in the second part of this broadcast, I will read an article entitled Bill Gates, Vaccination, Microchips, and Patent 060606. I will use this information to highlight the book of Revelations and parallel the times right on time. Okay. I'll be back. I'm going to take a quick break. Thirty miles north of New York City, the problems of our violent age are pondered over in one of America's most influential think tanks, the Hudson Institute. In this 19th century mansion, they are looking for alternative futures, both utopian and dystopian. The end product of this think tank Scenarios, scripts for the 21st century. Uh, you know, let's admit that you know, the affluence, the skills, the technology will really make life better in all kinds of ways. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, we also know these things go badly. Right. Uh, okay, everybody's worried about the, the possibilities of you know, various kinds of social controls and so on. What would the scenario be? Herman Kahn is director of the Institute, Tony Weiner his assistant. It uh, has to involve the, the social controls coming into effect gradually and um, uh, slowly and at each step as a result of some decision which seems to be very much in the general interest. There yeah. is no imposition by um, an evil, uh, evilly intended big brother. How are we going to achieve a utopian peace in our cities, even without the bomb? What is the scenario for a utopian peace? To take a black power movement right. and one which really is trying to cause problems but sand in the gears right and you've already set up a good deal of this social uh, watching mm -hmm. you know you've got your tv cameras everywhere you've got your data processing everybody has his id card you've double checked it mm -hmm. and now all of a sudden you've got these guys are throwing sand in the gears and 
you clamp down. That is, you keep track of every car. You keep track of every... This is easy to do. You keep track of uh, 10% or 100% of the conversation that occurs on telephones. Uh, one could, um, with a computer capacity that will be available in the next couple of decades, one could easily record every phone conversation made. And then one could easily scan mechanically. No human being could spend the centuries that would be required. One could scan every conversation looking for keywords that would identify the conversation as uh, worth looking into a little further. So that, for example, uh, one could begin with a naive set of words. Uh, kill, rob, murder, assassinate, plot, uh, conspire. You know, you can do more than that. You can, uh, you could imagine temporarily tranquilizing a whole city. You know, it's been uh, upset, been riots. Mm -hmm. You know, let's put trans guards either in the air or in the water. Mm -hmm. You know, just mm -hmm. get people settled down a bit. Uh, I can imagine you could do the preventive medicine going on in this kind of state. Mm -hmm. You know, where you really check up with everybody and you see that they keep their drug levels right. Yes. In fact, give uh, the first thing you do when you go into uh, to work is they punch you and check your blood and see that the drug level is what it's supposed to be. So you'll you'll buy the safety. Uh, of your city at the expense of the privacy of individuals and for most people most of the time uh, the intrusion will not be the kind of thing they'd be conscious of. Different so ways. the scenario for a utopia without violence is achieved at the expense of your private life. Okay before I continue I want to comment on the audio file you just heard. Um, it was entitled a conservative think tank predict future scenarios and that the voice that you heard on this audio file was the voice of Herman Kahn Herman Kahn was the individual that I spoke about prior that was the father of scenario planning or the creator of the think tank that worked for the military industrial complex Herman Kahn and his associate were discussing scenario planning for the 21st century. In that scenario planning, they stated that in order to control the populations, you would have to use social control and slowly encroach on the people's rights without their knowledge. They did that on 9-11 right created homeland security it took away your rights all over the planet the same thing the fear of terrorism created the lack of freedom we also heard in this 1961 discussion about how they wanted to control the black power movement and some of the the uh, uh, suggestions that they laid forth was to create a system, a computerized system that allowed them to store your ID card. They would have cameras. They would have um, databases, and they would control the population. Now. In 1961, you did not have these computer systems to do this. But they knew in the 21st century, 
there would be a way because they worked on that they planned it and they used Google and Facebook and all these other platforms to fulfill what they wanted to do we also heard them when they mentioned the black power movement and how they wanted to control it was to place controlled substances in the air or in the water and then test the blood of the, the um, victims to see if they had those substances in them to make sure that they were easily managed. Now, we all heard about the fluoridation in the water and how the black population in the United States are controlled through the food and how all these different chemicals, these genetically modified organisms are in the food that make that, that affect our psyche. And those same chemicals are the ones that are having us more perceptive to this bio-plandemic called COVID-19. Now, I'm going to continue with the broadcast, but I just want to make sure that we stay on track and to understand the reason why I'm doing this because we really need to be conscious of what's happening right now, okay? Now, the second part of this broadcast is called Signs of the End of the Age. Sticking the worm. Bill Gates, vaccinations, microchips, and patent 060606. And it reads, And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when, when shall these things be, and what shall be the signs of the coming, and of the end of the world? And Yahshua answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Okay, now... I would like to begin this section of the broadcast with a few scriptures we are familiar with from the book of Matthew chapter 24. We are now living in the time when many of us use the name Jesus Christ. when we understand that no, let, me, let me say this correctly because I don't want to be misunderstood we are now living in a time when many use the name Jesus Christ to deceive okay many use that name to deceive the Holy Roman Empire used the name and passed it on to the royal families. The royal families used the name and passed it on to the colonialists, the colonists. The colonists used the name and passed it on to the denominations. 
The nominations then became cults, and the cults deceived many. Then we saw the rise of the Theosophical, the Theosophical Society, pushing the Ascended Master's teachings. Then we saw pedophilia popes and the prosperity preachers. And now we see Luciferians comfortably walking around the house of God, making a way for the abominations of desolations. And it reads, And ye shall, ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrow. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the signs of the coming and of the end of the world? And Yahashua answered and said unto them, Yeshua, take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. The beginning of sorrows are 400 years of slavery, the destruction of Africa, India, Australia, the destruction of the Aboriginal people of the American continents and Caribbeans. We witnessed the fall of the Holy Roman Empire, the takedown of the royal families. We witnessed the creation of World War One to transfer control to a new power structure and the creation of the League of Nations. Then we witnessed the creation of World War II, the rise of fascism and Nazis, the rise of communism, the creation of the United Nations, and the seeds of the European Union. And it reads, Then shall they deliver you up to afflict and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many and become iniquities shall abound. You read that right. And shall deceive many and because iniquities shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Now, here we are in the year 2020, still living in sorrows. September 11, 2001, we watched the World Trade Center demolished, being demolished by the deceived. 
Then we saw the 20-year war on Islam in Muslim countries, the destruction of ancient Christian sites, and the murder enslavement of people of faith by ISIS, Al-Qaeda, and other tools of the parasite, the parasitic ruling class, the so-called elite. Yes, the love of many has truly waxed cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. Brothers and sisters, we are here. If you are a person of faith, if you are the very elect, if you are of the very elect, if you are a person with love in your heart, then your time is now. The gospel of the kingdom shall be preached by you, and then the end shall come. Now, like I mentioned before, I will read the article entitled Bill Gates Vaccination Microchips and Patent 060606 to give us insight into how Revelations 13 will come into being. Now, for those of you whom are not familiar with these teachings, I will put this into proper context. Okay, chapter 13 is speaking about the coming of the second beast. The beast can be seen as a demonic ruling power structure. Okay. Now, <clears throat> before I read this, I just want to make sure that you really meditate on what I said prior. It is not hard to research the 400 year prophecy that enslaved the people in the United States. The controversy between if the 1619 individuals were indentured servants or slave is a waste of time as well as a deflection. Because for the people to come here in 1619 as indentured servants, their indentured servitude was for someone, right? They could have been passed down by those that owned them prior for indentured to. Just speculation. But let's look at the bigger picture here. Slavery was in effect since Islam went into Africa and the forced conversion into Islam is what created this massive slave trade that we see still to this day. When the European yells about we are not the only ones that were involved in this slave trade it was the Africans as well they seem to leave out the small details 
of which Africans? The Arab, Caucasoid, Muslims, or the ones that hate black, are the ones that enslave black. This is history, this is fact. And all this confusion around that has created a problem. But all of this war and destruction you see is because of that. And it will continue to happen until we we recognize it and we confront it as a society, as a whole, and fix those issues, right? We have to fix the issues. And this is why reparations is so important. The 400 years is a marker. It says, okay, after 400 years, 2019, can we make this right? How can we correct this? How can we make this earth perfect again so all human beings can share in it? But since we can't do it, Yah will. And I behold another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And he exerciseth all the powers of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. Now, how many caught that? If you're familiar with this, this, these scriptures, and you know about Revelations, have you really concentrated on the second beast? The second beast causes the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast. The second beast is the child of the first the same people that started the League of Nations are the same people that started the United Nations in 2016 we witnessed the passing of power from one 72 year generation to the next 72 year generation like I mentioned before the power of the monarchy was transferred to the 1944 generation the 1944 generation that created the ideology of Nazis, fascism, Zionist, communist, and world denomination transferred power to the 2016 generation. Likewise, 68 years from now, in the year 2088, the world will see mass change. That change will bring in a thousand years of peace. Within the next 68 years, we will witness total control of the planet, courtesy of the second beast. We will also witness the fall of the second beast, the destruction of Babylon, and finally, a time of peace. Then around 2088, the demonic 72 will try one more time, resulting in their destruction, giving our planet 1,000 years of peace. And it reads, And he 
doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of man, and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles, which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth, and they should make an image to the beast which had a wound by a sword. This right here is war. Right? And did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Okay. Hold on, I gotta take a sip of water. Now, once again, to put this in proper context, knowing what we know, the beast is a system. Fire from heaven is thermonuclear war, the splitting of the atom, right? How, do you, how else do you bring fire from heaven? Think of the atom. They're blowing, how many nuclear explosions did they do in the atmosphere before they were like, okay, we're not going to blow up the earth. But it's absolutely ridiculous blowing holes in the ozone layer. But this is fire from heaven. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast. What is that? This is speaking about the illusion of power. The image of something is not the thing. It is an illusion. Right? At the moment we see, we're seeing this first beast through the World Health Organization becoming weaker by the day, right? So, in order for um, the World Health Organization to have power, power has to be given to it, right? Uh, the image of the World Health Organization is the stick and the worm, okay? The stick and the worm, that little stick and the worm. What is that little worm? That little worm is the parasite. That little parasite is a... I, I did a, a study on this a few years ago. It's like a, a, a little um, parasite that is in... Um, we're well known in African villages. And this was like thousands of years ago. And the worm would go through a wound on the foot and then it would stay within your system for a hundred days and the worm would grow and feed off you. It would feed off the host for a hundred days. So whatever you ate, whatever you did, this worm would be in your system. And then people would get sick and then if they noticed they had this worm, they had to get it removed. And the way that you got the worm removed, because by now, if it lived in you for 100 days, now it's not just a small parasite. It's like about eight feet, you know? I mean, it's huge. I'm exaggerating. Let's say it's about two feet long. So what they would do in order to get the worm out is they had to take a stick and roll that worm on the stick slowly. If the worm were to break, 
and it would be uh, stuck in your system, it would poison the host and the host would die. So you had to have special people that knew how to extract this worm with the technique of rolling it slowly on the stick each day until the worm would be removed from the host and then you would remove that parasite. And that's why you have the stick and the worm in the World Health Organization as a symbol of health. But in actuality, it's a symbol of the takeover, of oppression. Because we can't just pull the worm out. Now, giving power to the beast, the World Health Organization it's now being wounded because President Trump refuses to play their games. The rise of the second beach beast, which the fractions that are, you know, the rise of the second beach beast, we got to figure what they are. Uh, they are the uh, the new racists, the new Nazis, the the fascist, Zionist, the communist ruling power structure today. Because the old Nazis, the old racists, the we call it the Third Reich, has has passed the baton to the Fourth Reich. And that was done in 2016. They thought they were going to take control, total control, but Trump came in. And now he's weakening the system. Okay? The system of the second beast. I mean, the system of the first beast. So the rise of the second beast, right? Which is the the new racist, Nazis, fascists, Zionists, communist ruling power structure today. They are pushing the hack attack scenarios cloaked in the clever together scenarios. The Club of Rome gave us the limits to growth and this gave us the climate change agenda which is pushing for depopulation. Now we have eugenicists the original white supremacist funding abortion clinics, pushing the AIDS virus in Africa, pushing contaminated vaccines in India, Africa, and the United Nations, targeting anyone with black skin. They are continuing scientific racism, the ideology of the monarchy cloaked in climate change. Now, what do we see? We see them pushing the Green New Deal. This is being forced down our throats. And in the future, it will be evident. If you do not worship the planet, you will be killed. We can see these this being played out today through the Antif the Antifa tools they're rolling out guillotines on the streets 
Now, at the moment, the guillotines are symbolic. In the near future, they will become the final solution. Now, I know you saw that. You see them with the guillotines and they're doing these little um, dolls of, of these effigies of, of Trump. And now, right now, they're dolls. But in the future, they're going to use these guillotines for real to really cut people's heads off if we totally lose control. Okay, before I continue, I need to make a very important point. Let me be clear. For thousands of years, the idea of the United States has been systematically kept from the American descendants of slavery. And in addition, for thousands of years before the story of Christopher Columbus, the ancient people of Africa were aware and settled in the Americas. Many foundation black Americans lived here long before the 1619 to 2019 year time frame of slavery. Okay. Now, I say that to say this. The 1776 Declaration of Independence was a declaration from British subjects to become free from the economic grafts of King George of the House of Hanover. I must remind you that America was a colony of the British Empire. The natives were enslaved by this empire. The people that settled here the Europeans were subjects of the British Empire. The British monarchy slash empire. Therefore, before 1776, before 1776, for 150 years, America became so powerful off of the resources. It became extremely powerful off of the resources. The power was derived from trade. It was the dispute between the colonists and the merchants of America and the dukes of the British Empire. We read that the British subjects were fighting excess taxation and they wanted to be free from the British monarchy which inspired Thomas Jefferson to write the Declarations of Independence, and John Adams, Benjamin Franklin, Roger Sherman, and Robert Livingston. They called them the Committed Five, or the Committee of Five. I call them the Committed Five. The Committee of Five, the Declaration of Independence from the British Monarchy. However, after the Declaration of Independence, the system of slavery still remains. It remains because the foundation of freedom was built off economic, not, not righteousness. All right? You cannot build the foundation of freedom built off of economics. It has to be off of righteousness. Now, because many of you cannot see this, the riots remain. After 1776, 
the former European subjects of the British of the the former European subjects of the House of Hanover worked towards a new goal called manifest destiny. So we can we can say, okay, the Europeans had nothing to do with slavery. It was the Africans in Africa that sold their own people to it. Uh, and since 1776 is when slavery came into being. So that's really only two generations of slavery. So we're not at fault at all. It's all on you. But what about manifest destiny? The destiny become the new kings of the earth and, and subject all the people of the land, resulting in a more energized group of independent usurpers maintaining the system of chattel slavery. Chattel slavery. They did this for another 88 years, as well as an additional 134 years of Jim Crow laws. Now, those of you, 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 uh, the the talk show hosts that are still confused about what is fueling these riots, you need to look within. Those of you that cannot see harm of manifest destiny, cannot see why Ayah is allowing our cities to burn, and these cities will burn to the ground. And yet you still cannot see why the American descendants of slavery want justice. It's a shame. The, the hypocrites. The hypocrites will never see truth. My final point before I proceed. Now, protest must have fuel. Every protest must have fuel, have fuel. And some people believe George Floyd is this fuel. Some people believe it is the police shooting black people on the streets of America. If you are of those that believe in this lie, then answer this question. Why is it for years long before the riots and long before the election of Donald Trump did we see Antifa, a white organization, walking around with signs that say smash white supremacy? In 2015, five years before 2015, Antifa organized the Smash the White Man March. This Smash the White Man March was paid for by the white man. And now five years later, we see Black Lives Matter being overrun by white people. We see these same people yelling down with white supremacy, starting riots, firebombing police stations, and taking over cities around the country. If you're honest, the response should be because it's another PSYOP 
financed by the Beast of Babylon. The murder of George Floyd is being used by the original white supremacist to stop us from getting true justice. They are attempting to hijack the narrative of reparations because it became more powerful in 2019. Why 2019? Because for thousands of years, the 400 year end time prophecy concerning the freedom of the spiritual foundation is here. And do you think all that is happening now is a coincidence? Now, I'm going to take a quick break. Then I'm going to conclude this broadcast. I will be right back. I must admit that I too, among hundreds of millions of educated people, was under the impression that the African slave trade was the sole responsibility of the Christian Europeans, the white race. That is, until I started exploring the subject in greater depth, and especially after reading an incredibly enlightening book called The Legacy of Arab Islam in Africa by John Alambilla Azuma. My whole perspective and understanding has changed dramatically, and I would like you to tell us more about this subject. The success of Muhammadan Islam in deceiving, misinforming, deforming, and contorting both history and reality over a period of almost 1400 years has been astounding. That is, until now. The greatest tragedy about this particular subject is that most of the descendants of African slavery, the black people in the Americas, around the world, as well as among the African blacks, are totally ignorant of the actual facts. Before we lose the concentration of our listeners, I would like to make the following statement and then prove it. That the worst, most inhumane and most diabolical institution of the black African slave trade was initiated, refined, perpetrated and implemented by the Mohammedan Arabs and later aided and abetted by the black converts to Mohammedan Islam. I predict that as usual, the two subcultures, those of denial of facts and of political correctness, will attack us without once disproving a single statement and or conclusion that we make. Slavery was not created by the white races, because it has existed throughout a human history and practiced by every tribe, culture, civilization, racial group and religion. In fact, the very word slavery has its root in the name Slav, based upon the Slavic peoples of Europe who were subjugated by other Europeans. It is not common knowledge that the Arabic word Abd is synonymous with the meaning of slave. For example, Abdullah means literally the slave of Allah, and that in the language of the Arabs, all black peoples are called Abid, plural, for slaves. While much has been written concerning the transatlantic slave trade, Surprisingly, little attention has been paid to the Islamic slave trade across the Sahara, the Red Sea, and the Indian Ocean. While the European involvement in the African transatlantic slave trade to the Americas lasted for just over three centuries, the Arab involvement in the African slave trade has lasted 14 centuries, and in some parts of the Mohammedan world is still continuing to this day. The birth of Mohammedan Islam and its conquests brought about the birth of institutionalized, systematized, and religiously sanctioned slave trade 
on a massive and global scale. In fact, the Quran allows the taking of slaves as booty or reward for wars of aggression against any and all unbelievers, most of the human population. This has led to an enormous number of so-called holy wars, jihad in Arabic. There was and is absolutely nothing holy about these wars which are primarily to plunder, slaughter, rape, subjugate and rob other human beings of their wealth, produce, freedom and dignity. Muhammadan Muslim states and tribes attacked other non-Muslim groups to achieve these objectives. Although Islamic jurisprudence laid down regulations for the treatment of slaves, however, incredible and heinous abuses have occurred throughout the history of Muhammadan Islam. By the Middle Ages, the Arab Arabic word Abid was in general used to denote a black slave, while the word Mamluk referred to a white slave. Ibn Khaldun, 1332-1406, the preeminent Islamic medieval historian and social thinker wrote, the Negro nations are as a rule submissive to slavery because they have attributes that are quite similar to dumb animals. It should also be noted that black slaves were castrated based on the assumption that the blacks had an ungovernable sexual appetite. When the Fatimid Caliphate came to power in Egypt, they slaughtered all the tens of thousands of black military slaves and raised an entirely new slave army. Some of these slaves were conscripted into the army at age 10. From Persia to Egypt to Morocco, slave armies from 30,000 to up to 250,000 became commonplace. The Islamic slave trade took place across the Sahara Desert, from the coast of the Red Sea, and from East Africa across the Indian Ocean. The Trans-Sahara trade was conducted along six major slave routes. Just in the 19th century, for which we have more accurate records, 1.2 million slaves were brought across the Sahara into the Middle East, as well as a further 450,000 down the Red Sea and 442,000 from the East African coastal ports. That is a total of 2 million black slaves, just in the 1800s. At least 8 million more were calculated to have died before reaching the Muslim slave markets. A comparison of the Islamic slave trade to the American slave trade reveals some extremely interesting contrasts. While two out of every three slaves shipped across the Atlantic were men, the proportions were reversed in the Islamic slave trade. Two women for every man were enslaved by the Muslims. While the mortality rate of slaves being transported across the Atlantic was as high as 10%, the percentage of slaves dying in transit in the Trans-Sahara and East African slave market was a staggering 80 to 90%. While almost all the slaves shipped across the Atlantic were for agricultural work, most of the slaves destined for the Muslim Middle East were for sexual exploitation as concubines in harems and for military service. While many children were born to the slaves in the Americas, the millions of their descendants are citizens in Brazil and the United States of today, very few descendants of the slaves that ended up in the Middle East survive. While most slaves who went to the Americas could marry and have families, most of the male slaves destined for the Middle East were castrated 
and most of the children born to the women were killed at birth. It is estimated that possibly as many as 11 million Africans were transported across the Atlantic, 95% of which went to South and Central America, mainly to Portuguese, Spanish, and French possessions. Only 5% of the slaves ended up in what we call the United States today. However, a minimum of 28 million Africans were enslaved in the Muslim Middle East. Since at least 80% of those captured by Muslim slave traders were calculated to have died before reaching the slave markets, it is believed that the death toll from 1400 years of Arab and Muslim slave raids into Africa could have been as high as 112 millions. When added to the number of those sold in the slave markets, the total number of African victims of the trans-Saharan and East African slave trade could be significantly higher than 140 million people. What is obscene about this whole subject is the Mohammedan Muslim and Arab culture of denial regarding their complicity in the African slave trade, as well as the ignorance of black Muslims about the reality of their past and present conditions. The statistics and reports above are based upon the logbooks kept at the African slave ports, ship logs, travelers' reports, eyewitness accounts, etc. Ladies and gentlemen, the facts and reality of Mohammedan Islam's complicity in the slave trade and their inhuman depravity are infinitely more devastating, more staggering, and more incomprehensible than all the nightmare fictions in the world. Okay, welcome back. The audio file you listened to was entitled The Arab Muslim Slave Trade of Africa, The Untold Story. Now, it's amazing how history has hidden the um, the participation of the Arabs in the slave trade. It has blamed most of this on the Europeans when... Now, I'm not trying to um, cover for the Europeans. However, I've been very hard on them for a long time and rightfully so they deserve that smoke but I have also been equally hard on the Arabs and the reason why is because of their role in the slave trade back in 2012 I spoke about a message to the nation of Islam and in that, I spoke about the history of Muhammad, Fatina, Fatima, Hussein, Hassan. I talked about the, the, the holy family of Islam and how they were murdered and wiped out. The last remnant of them was 720 AD. I speak about this a lot. That's why I chose the name Zakiah. Plau Yaakov Zakiah. The reason why I say Zakiah because it points to the events that happened in 720 AD. They wipe out the Holy Family. Prior to that, you had Ali after the murder of Hussein and the um, assault of Fatima where she has a miscarriage six months later 
after Abu Bakr and Uthman when they um, attacked the Holy Family then you had the Umayyad dynasty this dynasty was so wicked that they had to get Ali when he was building his wells for 25 years and get him to bring forth the Quran and try to calm the city down and bring morality back into the city this is the history of Islam after that because of this event you had two versions of Islam the Shia and the Sunni the Shia follow the roots of the Holy Family and the Sunni follow the um, Caucasoid Arabs the white Arabs who, who later became the Ottoman Empire now if you understand what the what Islam was doing at that time was they would take any uh, they call it any any unbeliever non-believer and forcibly convert them into Islam and those that didn't convert into Islam they would go into slavery so if this was happening since the 8th century all the way up until the 1400s that's like 500 years of this then the Europeans came on board and they went into Africa and you can't go into Africa without entering the ports of trade and those that controlled the ports of trade are the most powerful force that existed in the area which were the Arabs and the Arabs hated black Muslims just like that audio file explained so if these Arabs hated the black Muslims that means they went through all of Libya the Sudan everywhere which of course it wasn't called that back then but they took over this area and they enslaved the people okay and the buyers of these people were the Europeans that's why it states that 5% of the slave trade went to America where the other 95% go it was distributed by the Arabs and then you had the Ashkenazis who, who were the Khazarians you know those up in Russia in the Black Sea they traded with these Arabs they traded with the Ottoman Empire that's why you have um, the scriptures in the Bible that talks about Esau this is Esau these are the Edomites okay the Edomites the Edomites hate the Hebrews they hate them they enslaved us because they thought that we took their inheritance so in turn they took us and our inheritance which was all of Africa enslaved our people this is all prophecy now when you hear this audio file it explains to you about who is the major major criminal in the slave trade and they still do it today they took over Libya enslaved the people in Libya okay now before this broadcast gets too long I'm still going to read Bill Gates vaccination microtrips and patent 060606 this part of the broadcast uh, part 3 
Revelation's Mark of the Beast System. And it reads, And he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bound, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell save he had say that he had the mark. Um, or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 603, 06, 06, 06, 06. Okay? Now, <clears throat> we are now here. Microsoft Patent 0 W0 or W02020060606 is a prime candidate for this mark and the COVID-19 aka lockstep psyop making the way. Okay? The 0606 and the COVID-19, this is all making the way for the mark of the beast. Now to give better insight into this plan, I'm going to read an article from the Oriental Review website. The article is entitled, Bill Gates Vaccination Microchips and Patent is 0606 Okay, and it reads, finally. Now this is written by, uh, let me say, Leonoid Savin on uh, 2904-2020. So April 29th is when this article came out. And this is from Leonoid Savin. Leonoid Savin. And it reads, <clears throat> and this is an article that's entitled Bill Gates Vaccination Microchip and Patent 060606. If you want to go to the website, you can find this on the Oriental Review. Okay? And, it's, and it reads, there are many conspiracy theories. Some believe that reptilians are running the U.S. government and others believe that Coca-Cola uses the blood of Christian babies to produce its soft drinks. There are people who have seen chemtrails and others who advocate wearing tinfoil hats when watching television to protect them from destructive brainwashing waves. Often the prophecies of scriptures are interpreted as a, com a commentary on some technological discovery or event. But there are also rational facts that it doesn't make sense to deny because they are documented. This includes the existence of the Bilderbergs Club, the CIA's MK Ultra Project, and George Soros' funding of dubious political activities in the number of countries. The case described below relates to an official makes to an officially documented fact. Although there is something rather biblical about it, patent W0-2020-060606 was registered on March 26, 2020. The patent application was filed by Microsoft Technology Licensing, LLC, headed by Bill Gates, back on June 20, 2019, and on April 22, 2020, the patent was granted international status. The title of the patent is Cryptocurrency Systems Using Body Activities Data. So, what is this invention that the people of Microsoft decided to patent? 
The abstract of the patent application online states, human body activity associated with the task provided to a user by use in the mining process of cryptocurrency system. A server may provide a task to a device of a user which is com uh, communicatively coupled to the server. A sensor communicatively coupled to or comprised in the device of the user may sense body activity of the user. Body activity data may be generated based on the sense body activity of the user. The cryptocurrency system communicatively coupled to the device of the user may verify if the body activity data satisfies one or more conditions set by the cryptocurrency system and award cryptocurrency to the user who body activity, whose body activity data is verified. In other words, a chip will be inserted into the body that monitors a person's daily physical activity in return for cryptocurrencies. If conditions are met, then the person receives certain bonuses that can be spent on something. A detailed description of the invention provides 28 concepts for how the device could be used. It also provides a list of countries for which the invention is intended. Essentially, this is all the members of the United Nations and a few regional organizations specifically separating the European Patent Office, the Eurasian Patent Organization, and two African Intellectual Property Protection Organizations. Although inserting microchips into the body is nothing new, the Masonic Youth Child Identification Program has been operation in the United States for a while. The people calling themselves cyborgs exhibit various implants. Microsoft's involvement is interesting. And why has the patent been given the code number 060606? Is it a coincidence or deliberately or a deliberate choice of what is referred to in the book of Revelation as the number of the beast? Bill Gates' name is constantly being mentioned these days in connection with his interest in pharmaceutical comp companies. Vaccination, vaccinations and WHO funding. Although the global globalist media try to highlight Bill Gates as a great philanthropist and protect him from attacks and criticism in every way possible, it is unlikely they, they'll be able to conceal a whole web of connections. Bill Gates' company is involved in another project, involved in another project, the Digital ID Project ID 2020 Alliance. On the website homepage, it says that the project has been addressing the issue of digital rights since 2016. In 2018, the Alliance worked with the United Nations High Commissions for Refugees. Besides Microsoft, the Alliance inside the Rockefeller Foundation design studio IDEO.org with offices in San Francisco and New York, the counsel, counseling from Accenture and Gavi, the vaccine, vaccine Alliance, a company that actively promotes and distributes various vaccines around the world, the Secretariat for the Alliance is based in New York. It is telling that Gavi, the Vaccine Alliance, mostly covers countries in Africa and Asia and Europe. The organization is only active in Albania, Croatia, Moldova, Moldova and Ukraine. And in the Caucasus, in the Caucasus, in Georgia, Armenia, and 
Azerbaijan. Gavi, the Vaccine Alliance, also has links with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundations, the World Bank Group, the World Health Organization, and UNICEF. UNICEF. These are all lists as founding partners. Since February 2020, Gavi, the Vaccination Alliance, has been focusing on the coronavirus pandemic. The organization's CEO is Dr. Seth Berkeley. Although the headquarters of Gavi, the Vaccine Alliance, are in Geneva, Berkeley himself, an ophthalmologist by training, uh, is from New York. Since the late 1980s, he has spent eight years working at the the Rockefeller Foundation and is a fellow at the Council of Foreign Relations. He's also an ad advisory council member of the New York-based Akumen Fund. So yet another link has been found. Theological interpretations of the patent number are probably best left to experts on religion. But it is clear that there are strong links between organizations and companies like the Rockefeller Foundation, Microsoft, the pharmaceutical lobby, and the World Bank Group, not to mention secondary services provided. All right, now, before I complete this article, I want to focus on the bait and switch, because I know y'all heard that when, um, when I first started reading this. The author is is uh, now going to tell us why Bill Gates, the Microsoft Corporation, the Rockefeller Foundation, the pharmaceutical industry, the World Bank Group, and the Council of Foreign Relations have come to save mankind. All right? Because in the beginning, he was talking about the tinfoil hats, the the chemtrails, and the lizards, and you, you knew he was setting people up, but then he hits you with, like, undisputable facts. Because you can't deny somebody applying for a patent. You can't deny Gavi. You can't deny Bill Gates's um, um, a, a, a crimes, right? You can't can't deny that. You can't deny the Rockefeller Foundation, the Bilderberg. Everything that he says, you can't deny because it it's it's already out there. However, a long time ago, they were calling that a conspiracy theory. So if if this has been true, has been proven true, what about the lizards and the chemtrails? Right. Why are tinfoil hats worn? Is there something to do with them blocking off the uh, electromagnetic waves? Have you ever wrapped your phone in tinfoil? If you did, you know, you don't get a signal. So maybe there's something to the tinfoil hats. I'm just saying. Anyway, before we get off track and it reads, they are trying to play the role of a super national government by constantly focusing on the fact that these days national governments cannot cope with epidemic illness, famines, etc. Single-handed. But as China has shown, here we go, back to China, back to lockstep. Remember lockstep? What does it say in lockstep? China fared better than the other nations because China had a more totalitarian, you know, uh, take on this and they were able to lock down and what was the result they kept it at 82,000 people okay and it reads but as China has shown they can the West cannot 
and does not want to acknowledge this. However, largely because it does not want to share power. So the globalist media, now he calls out the media as a globalist media to make us think that maybe he's on the side of the conspiracy theorist. Because the globalist media will continue their information campaigns where the blame will be placed anywhere but on the West. So now it's the West fault for the pandemic. It's not China's fault. It's not a bioweapon from Fort Fort Diggs or where the hell it's called. It's not uh, um, from from um, Mulburn. It's not a bioweapon. It's some naturally occurring virus that the West was not able to contain. But China was able to do it. Right. But on the West, it is telling that right now, in addition, an additional information on the coronavirus has started to emerge. False stories on China's role in the epidemic have been steeped up and statistics manipulated. Now, since this web call, this website is called Oriental Review, um, I'm going to give this man a slight pass in his obvious bias towards China, since it is called the Oriental Review. However, the narrative that China successfully contained the virus because of totalitarian control is pushed by the globalist media. Okay, it's pushed by the globalist media. Every day the media blames Trump for the spread of the virus. Regardless if the statistics were manipulated by the CDC and the WHO. Regardless if the hospitals were empty and the COVID tests were overblown, they ignored it all and say China is the example the world should follow. They do this because freedom is a liability during a pandemic or a plandemic. Anyway, I'm just going to let that go. Uh, I want to thank uh, Leonoid Savin. Thanks for the information. But I will make my own conclusions. Okay. Now, to conclude... I want to express the reason for this broadcast first to give uh, first to give you deeper insight into what is happening on our planet and also to give you solutions on how to defeat it. I would do this with a lesson. As I mentioned previously, the original scenario planners were the prophets and the scribes of ancient times. These prophets predicted the coming of Yeshua. And um, what would happen at the end of times. I would do this with the teachings from the book of Psalms chapter 22. So I'm going to take my final break. And then I will um, conclude this broadcast. A one of a kind manuscript written by a slave has now been preserved in the Library of Congress. The Arabic language autobiography spent decades in private collections before the library acquired it in 2017. Now it has been digitized for the world to read. And Amna Nawaz reports on the manuscript's remarkable journey for our ongoing arts and culture series, Canvas. Born and raised in West Africa, Omar Ibn Said was 37 years old when he was kidnapped and taken to America as a slave in the 1800s. Before I came to the Christian country, my religion was the religion of Muhammad. 
His autobiography in his native language of Arabic is believed to be the only one of its kind, the original words of a Muslim American slave. Then there came to our place a large army who killed many men and took me and brought me to the great sea. His literacy and culture uh, completely goes against, abolishes, one might say annihilates the, the narrative that slaves were not capable of culture. In fact, they were persons with, uh, with distinct histories, abilities, culture, and background. Allah al Rais has studied and translated the words of Omar ibn Said. They sold me into the hands of the Christians, who bound me and sent me on board a great ship, and we sailed upon the great sea a month and a half, when we came to a place called Charleston. He was wealthy, and he was highly educated, because in his autobiography, he speaks about spending 25 years studying. Mary Jane Deeb is the chief of the African and Middle East Division at the Library of Congress, where Ibn Said's manuscript now lives. So there was a man who was caught at the age of 37, you know, and shipped off to South Carolina in a country he doesn't know, among people whose language he doesn't know. Ibn Said wrote he was sold to a, quote, small, weak, and wicked man called Johnson, after years of abuse, he fled, but was caught in North Carolina. He is then captured and brought to a jail cell, and he begins to write on the walls of his uh, jail cell in Arabic. So that attracted attention of pretty important people, because the man who ends up uh, buying him and releasing him from jail was the brother of the uh, governor of North Carolina. Over time, Ibn Said converted to Christianity. In his 60s, he wrote his own story, but only in Arabic. It's written in Arabic, and so uh, his masters could not really uh, read it at all. They could not really influence its writing. And so it was really his exact words, unfiltered by the machinery of the editorship of uh, masters and, uh, and abolitionists, as other slave narratives were. A machinery al Raya says erased countless narratives, including the fact that up to 20% of Africans enslaved in America were Muslim. Ibn Said, in fact, chose to open his autobiography with a verse from the Quran. The crux of this uh, Quranic chapter is that it's only God who has the possession and the ownership, both of human beings and of things. And therefore, it seems to me a kind of a hidden text. What Omar is saying is that you guys have no right to own me here. It's a narrative that challenges the original concept of who the slaves were when they came here. They didn't really have a system of belief. They were uncultured. They didn't have a written system. This is what he brings to the table and basically says that is who we really are. But before those pages written by Omar ibn Said could be shared with the rest of the world, conservators here at the Library of Congress worked for months behind the scenes to bring those pages back to life. We're trying to present the item as close to what uh, it looked like at the time as possible. Sylvia Albro led the effort to rescue the nearly 200-year-old manuscript. The materials themselves, she says, tell us even more about the life of Omar ibn Said. It's actually surprising that the quality of paper for his manuscript is really pretty good. The fact that he had at his disposal good quality materials is an indication of the respect that he had as a figure, even as a slave. That respect brought Ibn Said to the attention of prominent abolitionists, missionaries, and linguists at the time.
who translated his story and used it in their fight against slavery. The entire manuscript is now available online for a new generation to read Ibn Said's words for themselves. For the PBS NewsHour, I'm Amna Nawaz in Washington, D.C. And what a gift it is okay, to all of us. Back. It is. Um, now, before I continue with the final lesson, I want to comment on the audio file that you just heard entitled How the Autobiography of a Muslim Slave is Challenging in American Narrative. Okay, did you notice where it stated 20% of the transatlantic slave trade consists of black Muslims? The reason I make a distinction is because in the Arab Muslim slave trade of Africa, the untold story in that audio file, we heard that the first racial ideology came from the white Arabs, the Arabs of the north, the Arabs that hijacked the spirituality of the original Muslims. I hope you all start to see the pattern here. There's always the usurper that comes in and hijacks the spirituality. And then you're left with what we see. The original Muslims were Muhammad, Ali, Fatima, Hussein, and Hussan. When you read the history of Islam, you will see that there was a the first caliph, Abu Bakr, and then Umar, and then Uthman. This is where... Um, in the conflict, they were in conflict, these individuals uh, were in conflict with Ali and Fatima after the Prophet Muhammad was poisoned. There was a fight for control. Okay. Ali was supposed to become the um, first caliph because he was the son-in-law of Muhammad and helped to write the Quran. But there was so much power that was gained through Islam, through the conversion and the taking over of, of tribes, that they didn't want that, hit, that, that power to fall into the hands of Ali. So after Muhammad was poisoned, they went and they were, um, there was an argument between Abu Bakr, Uthman, and Omar, where it resulted in the miscarriage of Fatima. They burnt down their house and they had to, to flee for their lives. And because of this, you had the conflict, which is called Shia and Sunni. Abu Bakr usurped Ali to become the first caliph. And Ali had to wait until Abu Bakr, Umar, and Uthman died before he was able to become the fourth caliph. After he became the fourth caliph, he was also poisoned and the religion was engulfed in conflict between the Shia and the Sunni Muslims. And this conflict still exists till this day. That's why Iran and Saudi Arabia don't like each other. Iran, Shia, Saudi Arabia, Sunni. I mention this because I believe this is the root of the racist ideology. That racial, the that uh, the racist ideology that plagues our planet to this day. 
you can trace this to the different tribes the different tribes of, uh, of Islam for example the main tribe of Muhammad is called Banu Hashim this tribe is traced to the Adnanites they call them the Adnanites and according to the history of Islam Adnan is the descendant of Qatar. Qatar is the second is the second son of Ishmael. Ishmael is the son of Hagar, who is the daughter of Pharaoh of ancient Kemet. And that Pharaoh was there before the invasion of the Hyksos. Important information to understand. Now keep in mind, this is based on Islamic history. And his story tells us that Muhammad, Ali, Fatima, Hussein, and Hussan resemble the black people of Nubia, the black Nubian people. The Quadrite Kingdom shared a border with Kemet. The name of the kingdom was derived from Qadar, the second son of Ishmael. As it states in the Song of Solomon, it says in reference to the Queen of Sheba, I know many of you know the Queen of Sheba. It says, I am black but comely, O daughters of Jerusalem, as the tent of Kedar, like the curtains of Solomon. Now, however, it should read, I am black and comely. You can tell when the snake tries to taint history because they say, I am black but comely, like it's a negative. So therefore, even racism was in the writing. Now, with this information, coupled with the Sunni-Shia conflict and the Ali and Abu Bakr conflict, you can begin to see how this could evolve into uh, the colored lines. Right? This is uh, like 700 A.D. 700 A.D. They're already starting racism. You really see the truth when you study the history of the Nabataeans. These are uh, these are another group of people, the Nabataeans. I mentioned the Nabataeans because they are considered to be the ancient Arabs of the Arabian desert, the root of the Arabs we see today. When you study biblical genealogy, you find the name Nabajath, where it reads in Genesis, and Bashmath, Ishmael's daughter, sister of Nabajah, and Ada, bear to Esau Eliphaz, and Bashmiath, bear Reuel. These are the names of Esau's sons, Eliphaz and his son Ada, the wife of Esau, Reuel, the son of Bashimoth, the wife of Esau. Okay. The name Nabataeans comes from the sister of Bashmiath. And Bashmiath was the wife of Esau. The Nabataeans were nomads, so it was heard to it I mean the the uh, <laughs> The, the Nabataeans were nomads and because they were nomads it's hard to know about where they came from because when you try to 
find their history. They say that they they um, purposely buried their history. Now, the question is, I wonder why they were trying to hide. What were they trying to hide from if they were always hiding their history? Now, for this reason, it's hard to know who they really are. However, their most notable city is called Petra. The ancient city was hidden away in a cliff in the rock. You have to walk down a three to six meter narrow path for 1,200 meters to get to this city. This place is, is spoken of in the book of Obadiah. Okay. Now, when you start to read about the place and know that it was prophesied and talking about and spoke about by the prophets thousands of years ago, you start to pinpoint why these people tried to hide their history. It says, Behold, I have made thee small among the heathen. Thou art greatly despised. The pride of thine heart hath deceived thee. Thou that dwelleth in the cliffs of the rock, whose habitation is high, that saith in his heart, Who shall bring me down to the ground? Okay. Now, mind you, where was Petra? They said, Petra is hidden away in a cliff in the rock dwelleth in the cliff of the rock okay now I read this because the Nabataeans are enemies of the seed of Yaakov they are enemies of the seed of Yaakov we know this because the Nabataeans and the Edomites have become one in the same they share the same territory uh, they share the same territory and just like the Edomites they were forced to convert to Judaism during the rule of the Maccabees. I mention this because the conflict with the family Muhammad and the other Arabs can be traced to the transatlantic slave trade. That's why I call myself Dawid Yaakov Maccabees. Maccabees means hammer. Judas Maccabees. They were able to hold off. They were like the last um, tribe that was able to resist and um, they were able to do that by converting the Edomites and Nabataeans so now they are Jews converted Jews 2,000 years ago over 2,000 years ago by now you should know that the transatlantic slave trade was controlled by the Edomites at the time they were known as the Sephardim Jews, the Sephardic Jews, the Sephardim Jews, as well as German or Ashkenazi Jews, who were the elite class during the Holy Roman Empire of the German nation. Now, trade was established between the Arab caliphs in North Africa, and together they destroyed our people for hundreds of years. In the Bible, the seed of Jacob is warned about the seed of Esau. You can read this in the book of Obadiah. Now, all this history is there. It's biblical. All we have to do is read it and we understand it. We know who the enemy is. 
why the enemy did what the enemy did and why the enemy continues to do it today. And they can deny it as, as long as they want to deny it, as long as they try to deny it. But the truth is written, the truth is seen, the truth is felt, and the truth is reverberated by what we're going through today. Okay. Now, in the book of Obadiah, it reads, Obadiah chapter 1, verse 10 through 12, it says, for thy violence against thy brother Yaakov, the seed of Yaakov, shall, and this is history, written down, read it for yourself, shall shame shall cover thee, and thou shalt be cut off forever. In the day that thou stoodest on the other side, in the day that the strangers carried away captive his forces, and foreigners entered into his gates and cast lots upon Jerusalem, even thou wast at one of them, but thou shouldest not have looked on the day of thy brother in the day that he became a stranger, neither shouldest thou have rejoiced over the children of Yahudah in the day of their destruction. There shouldest thou have spoken proudly in the day of their distress. So the characteristics of Esau are being um uh, expressed through the Arab slave trade and both of them are still doing it now I will conclude on this point okay I want to conclude on this point the Edomites and the Nabataeans both converted to Judaism over 2000 years ago so when they claim to be Jews and they can trace their DNA to Jewish ancestry and Hebrew roots, know what they're talking about. Because they use this a lot to try to deceive us and try to say, well, the Khazarians, those aren't really officially Jews. They're converted, but they don't have the same genetic uh, markers that the actual Jews have. So they try to fool you into that. And, and most of the gullible go for it because they don't understand history. They don't know about the, the forced conversion that happened 2,000 years ago. They don't know that <clears throat> what they're looking at is the Edomites. Okay? The conflict story between the birthright goes back to Esau and Yaakov, Ishmael and Isaac, and the Hyksos and the ancient Kemetan people. We can sit, still see this conflict out uh, playing out today. In reference to the, to the Edomites and the Nabataeans, we see the see that both downgraded Yeshua. Right? These are the characteristics of both of them. They both downgrade Yeshua. One thinks he's just a prophet and the other does not accept him at all. Today we see them in modern day Israel, Turkey, and Saudi Arabia. They are still the enemies of the ancient Hebrews and are those that enslaved the seed of Yaakov. The Arabs and the Jews were trading partners during the transatlantic slave trade. This is recorded and this is fact. They both sold the true seed of Yaakov into slavery. I speak about this today because this same confederate is working behind the scene to take full control of our planet. The Arab faction are taking control of the secular Muslim nations of the Middle East 
and the 1% are pushing the technology, the technological scientific dictatorship in the West. Just like when they went into Libya and killed Muammar Gaddafi and sold the black people into slavery, we see them in the United States working in the political parties to keep us in the lowest class while pushing Black Lives Matter distracting our attention as they try to take away our right to practice spirituality. These demons hope for the U.S. to go the way of Syria, Iraq, Afghanistan, Venezuela, and Libya. This demonic beast is fully exposed. All right, now, before I go too far off topic, I want to get back to the message. This section is called Stick in the Worm, the Book of Psalms. Why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? Now, <clears throat> a few years ago, I was asked by a friend to explain Psalms 22, verse 6, where it reads, but I am a worm, and no man, a reproach of man, and despised for the people. For those of you who are familiar with this teaching, you know this verse is in reference to Yahshua during the sacrifice. You can read this in Matthew chapter 27 and Mark chapter 15. The question was, why did Yahshua call himself a worm? Now, the short answer is, he did not. I would like to answer that question to those of you whom are still confused. He didn't call himself a worm. Obviously, there's a deeper meaning here. Now, to my surprise, a lot of people are confused about this message. Because while doing this lesson, I decided to Google this passage along with the Hebrew characters that spelled out the word. When I say Hebrew, I mean the, the Babylonian Hebrew, the Yiddish Hebrew that spelled out the word that is pronounced Tula. It means worm or maggot. Okay, of course, this is what they would come up with. Now, a maggot feeds off of death. Feeds off of garbage and rot. Now I have a question. Do you honestly believe the authors, the, the uh, prophets, the writers of scriptures would compare the salvation, Yeshua, of the Hebrews, right, to a flesh-eating worm? Do you really think that? Now I'm going to read Psalms chapter 22. To the chief musicians upon Aliyah Shahar, a psalm of Dawid, my Yah, my Yah, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from me? And from the words of my roaring, oh my Yah, I have cried in the daytime, but thou hearest not, and in the night, Seasons 
and I am not silent. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabiteth the praise of Yaakov. Our fathers trusted in thee, they trusted, and thou didst deliver them. They cried, Atan, they cried unto thee, and were delivered. They trusted in thee, and were not confound. But I am a worm, and no man, a reproach of men, and despised of the people. And they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shout out the lips, they shake the head, saying, He trusted on Yahuwah that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. Okay, now I will stop here on verse 8. Then I will proceed. In chapter 6 we read what it says, But I am a worm, and no man, a reproach of men, and despised of the people. Okay, let's look at this word worm in the Strong Concordance and in the Brown's Driver's Briggs definition. Okay? And the meanings of this worm in the, in the, in the, in the encyclopedia Okay, now in the Strong's Concordance, the word is found under reference number Hebrews 8438. Okay, now we're going to do a, a, a nice little little study here. and I'm going to have y'all follow along with me on how I do this study. And then you can repeat how I, how I do this and then you do this on your own and become a, a better um, a better understander of the message. You become wise. Once you're wise, nothing in this world can harm you because you already see it coming. I saw this coming that's happening today almost 20 years ago. All right. Hebrews 8, 4, 3, 8. Okay. Tula. Now it says here in the Strong's, Concord, in the Strong's Concordance, it says um, Hebrews, it goes from Hebrews 3, 2, 1, 6. A maggot as ferocious, specifically often with ellipses of Hebrews 8144, the crimson grub, but used only in this connection of the color from it and cloths dyed therewith. Crimson, scarlet, worm. Now, if you just got stuck on the word maggot and didn't read the full explanation, You've done yourself a disservice. Because right after the word maggot, it says as ferocious. And the meaning of ferocious is wanting or devouring great quantities of food. Now keep in mind, it states Hebrews 8.4.3.8 comes from Hebrews H3.2.1.6, which is pronounced Yala, a Primitive root meaning to blurt or utter inconsiderably devour. Okay. Then it states specifically often with ellipses of Hebrews 8144. Now this word ellipsis means the omission from speech or writing of a word or words that are superfluous or able to understand are able to be understood from contextual clues. Contextual clues. Then it says, look at Hebrews H, uh, Hebrews 8144, pronounced Shani, 
or uncertain, it says of, of uncertain derivations, crimson, properly the insect or its color, also stuff dyed with it, crimson scarlet thread. Okay, now, by now your mind should start to notice the words has, this word has a deeper meaning than just worm. Does it mean maggot? Okay. The Strong's definition is telling us that this, this worm does not mean maggot, but only in the characteristic in how it in considerately devours in relation to speech see it's there's like double meanings here deeper meanings right in relation to speech what does that mean devour in relation to speech then it says the characteristics of the worm is also color is also crimson in color like stuffed dye alright now we go to the other definition, all right? The next definition is Hebrews H438 comes from a Hebrew and English lexicon of the Old Testament and it reads, and this is based on the Brown's Driver Briggs definition. Also, Hebrews 8438. One, worm, scarlet, stuff, crimson. 1A, worm, the female, Cucus illicis. 1B, scarlet stuff, crimson scarlet. 1B1, the dye made from the dried body of the female of the worm, Cucus illicis. 2, worm, maggot. 2A, worm, grub. 2B, the worm, Cucus illicis. So this is pretty much telling us that it's not maggot, no, uh, grub, no. It's the worm cucus illicit. So it's telling us, if you want to know what this means, look for the worm cucus illicis. Or illicis. Cucus, cucus illicis. C-O-C-C-U-S-I-L-I-C-I-S. -I -I All right. Like I said, you should know by now you should know this is referencing a type of worm called the Cucus illicis. And here's the definition. Now, I decided to um, put this in also a search, and then I found the encyclopedia, and it calls that the crimson worm. Crimson worm. And this is what it says. <clears throat> it says biblical worm it says um biblical tulat shani which yields a dye called in the bible shani tulat kamil and in rabbinic literature zahrut which means extracted from the body of the crimson worm karmin the karm's biblically a brilliant beautiful and fast red dye it was used for dyeing the curtains of tabernacle ezekiel 26 1 and the garments of the high priest in the purification rites of a leper Leviticus 14 uh, 14 4 through 6 in a house affected by leprosy and it was added to the ashes of the red heifer numbers 19 6 crimson dye 
cloths were costly. The Tyrians were experts in the art of crimson dyeing. Chronicles 2.6 Neither the Bible nor rabbinic literature described the insect from which the crimson dye was extracted. Now I stop here. If you start to look at the use of the worm, you find out that it has a high holy use, a very high spiritual use, and it's used to actually ward off negativity. Not only ward off negativity, it's for a blessing as well. So even the worm that they use to describe Yeshua has a high purpose, a very high purpose, used by the high priest. Then it continues, Tatosfta, Min 916, merely states that the best kind of crimson comes from a mountain worm. Its color is neither red nor yellow, it's crimson. According to Josephus, crimson symbolized fire. The crimson worm is the shield lois, which generally lives on a species of oak. They call it Korkos, Kukufiria, in Syria, I mean in Israel, where this tree does not grow. The shield loss is found on the branches of the oak, Quercus uh, itaborinius. There are two species of the insect, Kermes, Nahalia, and Crimson's greeny. In the early spring, when the female filled with red eggs and became a P-shape, the red dye was squeezed out of them. The use of the crimson dye was widespread in Ez and Uri's. Israel until the uh, cactus from Mexico was introduced at the end of the 17th century. The cucus, which lives in this plant, yields a red dye in large quantities. Up to the end of the 19th century, crimson dye was still used, but with the invention of synthetic dyes, it became obsolete. So this was a very valuable commodity in Israel, used by the high priest. Okay, and it comes from this worm, the crimson worm. Now, now that we know the reference to this word worm does not mean maggot, but has a deeper meaning, I will continue with Psalms chapter 22. And also connect these scriptures to the New Testament. Now I wanted to pause to bring your, your mind back to the definition of Hebrews 8.4.3.8. And focus on the reasoning for this reference. Okay. So now that we know what it means and the importance of it. Let's read this in the proper context to say okay. Now let's get the full meaning of this while we can put everything together. Right. Hebrews 8.4.3.8 reads. Uh, Hebrew 32, a maggot as ferocious, specifically often with ellipsis of Hebrews 8144, the crimson grub, but used only in the connection of color for it, the cloths dying therein. Crimson scarlet worm as ferocious devours in relationship to speech. Now, if you recall, it was speech that led to the murder of Yahshua. Right? It was speech. That's why when he was on the tree, he referenced, My Yah, my Yah, why hast thou forsaken me? As it reads in Matthews chapter 27, because now um, from the cross, from 
the time of the crucifixion, the words of Yeshua were telling us to 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 take this information and now do a, a study with it. And it reads, Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. In about the ninth hour, Yeshua cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, My Yah, My Yah, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there, when they heard that said, This man calleth for Elias. And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge, and filled it with vinegar, and put it on a reed, and gave him to drink. The rest said, Let be, let us see where Elias will come to save him, Yahshua. When he had heard, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yield up the ghost, and behold, the veil of the temples were rent, entwined from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, and came out of the grave after his resurrection, and went into the holy city, and appeared unto many. Now. When the centurions and they that were with him watched Yeshua, saw the earthquake, and those that were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of Yah. Okay? Now, many of y'all missed Passover, but you're getting it today. You missed Passover, but you're getting it today. On 9-11. All right, now, and we also see this in Mark chapter 15, and it reads, And when the sixth hour was come, I'm getting two witnesses, right? Always got to have two witnesses. And when the sixth hour was come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And in the ninth hour, Yeshua cried with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. Which is being interpreted, my Yah, my Yah, why hast thou forsaken me? And some of them that stood by, when they heard it, said, Behold, he calleth Elias, or Elijah, Elijah the prophet. But it's also Elias or Elias. And one ran and filled a sponge full of vinegar, and put it on a reed, and gave him to drink, saying, Let alone. Let us see where Elias will come to take him down. And Yahshua cried in a, land, in a loud voice and gave up the spirit. And the veil, the veil of the temple was rent and twined from the top to the bottom. And when the centurions which stood over against him saw that he so cried out and gave up the spirit, he said, truly, this man was the son of Yah. Now, if um, those of you that read the whole chapter of Psalms 22, if you recall, it says the bulls of Bashan grabbed Yahshua, hung him to the cross. Right. It was. And when this happened, it was uh, ferocious speech that devoured him. Ferocious speech. The Kukas Elysius of the or the crimson worm not only devours 
voraciously, but because it voraciously, it devours voraciously, it produces a resource, right? Because we're looking at what the what the worm does. It, not only it devours, it eats. And as it eats, it's, it's getting fat, it's getting fat and juicy, right? And because it's this juicy crimson worm, it produces a resource. This resource was used for dyeing the curtains of the tabernacle and the garments of the high priest. However, in order to get this dye, you have to sacrifice it. You have to kill the worm. Now, if you were there watching this event, observing the process, you have to imagine how this looks. This is blood red. They're smashing this worm. This crimson worm is it's like an absolute bloody massacre. All right? It's like because this this blood and red. You know, you don't know the difference because it all looks the same. Now think about Yahushua, right? The book of Psalms, chapter 22, foretold what would happen hundreds of years before. Okay? Now I'm going to read this chapter in its entirety. Now that you know what the worm means, now you understand the events. Now in chapter 22, it's going to talk about the event that's going to happen in the future. And it's Dawid that's speaking. So Dawid is speaking, speaking and he's actually saying a poem and a prophecy at the same time. All right. And it reads. To the chief musicians upon Aliyah Shahar, a psalm of Dawid. My Yah, my Yah, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me? And from the words of my roaring, O oh my Yah, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not, and in the night seasons, and am not silent, but thou art holy, O oh, thou that inhabitest the the praise of Yaakov. Our fathers trusted in thee. They trusted, and thou didst deliver them. They cried unto thee, and were delivered. They trusted in thee, and were not confound. But I am a worm, and no man, a reproach of men, and despised of the people. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot at the lip. They shake the head, saying, He trusted on Yahuwah that he would deliver him, let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. Now, this was written exactly in the New Testament. But thou art he that took me out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast. I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my Yah, my mother's belly, uh, from my mother's belly. But not far from me, for trouble is near. Now, I want to read this again because I want it to flow so we can actually get this right. So it continues. He delighted in him then. But thou art he that took me out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breath. 
I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my Yah from my mother's belly. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Many bulls have compassed me, strong bulls of Bashan hath beset me round. They grabbed upon me with their mouths as a raving and a roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the mist of my bowels. My strength is dried up like a porter shed, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws. And thou hast brought me into the dust of death, for dogs have come past me. The assemble of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I may tell all my bones. They look and share upon me. I mean, and stare upon me. They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vestures. My vestures. Okay? Now, in Luke chapter 23, it reads, And when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, there they crucified him, and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left, right, the two thieves, then said Yeshua, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his rent, his um, raiment and cast lots. And the people stood behold. And the rulers also with them deride him, saying, He save others, let him save himself. If he be Christ, the chosen of Yah, and the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar, and saying, If thou be the king of Yahudah, save thyself. And a subscription also was written all over him in letters of Greek, in Latin, and Hebrew. This is the king of Yehuda. So that's Greece, that's Rome, and that's the Edomites. Okay? Because when this event happened, this was during the time of the Maccabees, because King Herod was an Edomite. The Edomites were forcibly converted into Judaism. So when they say the Jews killed Yeshua, they're not talking about the original Hebrews, the Sidi Yaakov. A lot of people, you get that confused too, because you don't know history. The Jews that killed Yeshua were the Edomites, the same ones that put us into slavery, into bondage, because they are our enemies. And it continues. But be not thou far from me, O Yeshua. O oh, my strength, haste thee to help me. Deliver my soul from the sword, my darling from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth, for thou hast heard me from the horns of the unicorn. I will declare thy name upon my brethren in the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Yea, they fear Ayah, praise him. All ye, the seed of Jacob, glory him and fear him. 
all ye the seed of Israel, for he hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, neither hath he hid his face from him. But when he crieth unto him, he heard, My praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. I will pay my vows before them that reverence him. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise Ayah. They seek him. Your heart shall live forever. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto Ayah. And all the kindreds of the nation shall worship before thee. For the kingdom is Ayah. And he is the governor among the nations. All they that be fat upon the earth shall eat and worship. All they that go down to the dust shall bow before him. And none can keep alive his own soul. A seed shall serve and it shall be accounted to Ayah for a generation. They shall come and shall deliver his righteousness unto a people that shall be born, that he have done this. Brothers and sisters, that concludes Psalms chapter 22. Now, if you came with me this far, thank you, and I pray that you will be blessed with this information. And there's uh, one last point I would like to mention in reference to this crimson worm. And that connection is with the ancient Hebrew, the Paleo scripts, the hieroglyphics. And I got to add in the hieroglyphics because that comes from ancient Kemet. And it was developed while we were in ancient Kemet. And that's why it was hidden. So you wouldn't know and you would be ignorant about the information that is passed down to us for this generation, the last generation, the generation of Yeshua. It becomes more evident the older I get and the more I, I go through and the more things and the different spiritualities that pass my eyes, I start to see the need and the necessity of Yahshua, the power of Yahshua and the purpose of Yahshua. All praise. Now, we have Ta, Ayin, Lamp, Va and Ta. Mark sign signal monument is Ta. Watch no shade is Ayin. Teach yoke to bind. Lamp. Add secure hook. Wa. And once again, the Ta, the Mark's sign monument. Now, all of this um, to those that don't understand put it on the shelf grab it later go back listen to some of my old broadcasts I'm just going to run through this real quick for the sake of time because we've been going through this for a while going with this uh, this broadcast for a while now the obvious explanation is that these word uh, this word worm is used as a reference to a deeper meaning right and we proved that however if you have been doing this as long as I have, then you can read the deeper message because there's a meaning and now there's a deeper message with this word. And because it has 
the symbols of a mark, sign, signal, monument. That's like that's like a mark. It's a signal, right? And then you have watch, no shade. So it's like it's to know, it's to observe, right? And then um, teach, yoke, bind. So now this 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 word that they use for the crimson worm is used as a method to teach, which is what I'm doing right now. <laughs> I'm teaching from this. This word worm has brought this whole lesson. So teach, yoke, bind. To yoke, it means to to really uh, um, to really absorb this to devour it devour speech it's speaking here devour teach yoke bind add secure hook right the the worm being spread the blood to secure to hook to add right knowing that this this worm is used for the high priest services and then mark signal monument a sign Use it as a sign. What like, what better sign is there than red, right? Now, the hidden meaning behind the symbol would teach the wise and secure a deeper understanding. And those that truly respect and get this meaning are the wise that will understand. And it is written as it is written. And I heard, but I understood not. Then said I, O oh my Yah, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed to the time of the end. Many shall be purified and made white, and they and tried. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. Okay, my brothers and sisters, I'm going to end this broadcast with uh, the solution. Okay. Before I close, I would like to leave you with a few suggestions on how to navigate this present calamity. Calamity. And here are a list of solutions to consider, along with some advice, and I hope you take it to heart. Okay? Now, because we have this Mark of the Beast coming, we have COVID-19 here, we have um, the second wave about to hit us, and they want to turn the world into what's happening in China, and now we're looking at a Western nation go through this down in Australia, in Victoria, where you can't go out on the street, you have a curfew, um, if you go out at a certain time, they'll find you. If they see you walking around on the street, they'll choke you to death and tell you to put on a mask and put you in jail for six months and give you a $20,000 fine all because of lockstep. Okay? They want to destroy the economy. After they destroy the economy, they bring in hack attack. Okay? Then once they have hack attack, you have nothing but mafiosos ruling the planet out in the open slave trade like what's going on in Libya then they can take you and grab you and put a mark on you and now you become their property and you can't do anything and go anywhere without them knowing about it 
and you can't buy anything because the cryptocurrency that is being created by Bill Gates, 666, how appropriate. It's like a joke. They're playing with us. But there is a solution. All right. My suggestion first is get close to your family and combine your wealth. And your family does not have to be blood. Okay. It could be your spiritual brothers and sisters. And these are people that know what time it is. They try to shut down the churches so that we can't communicate with each other. But ignore that. Communicate. Congregate. Get together on Zoom. Get together however you want. And build a spiritual strong family that know exactly what's going on. That's my first suggestion. My second suggestion. Or the solution. Get as healthy as possible. Boost your immune system with the natural herbs. Seek out the most nozzle person in your network and get everything you need. Like gather everything that they tell you to gather and get the knowledge that they know. And there's always somebody in your network that has like ancient knowledge of herbs. Know how to boost the immune system. Even on, you can Google it and buy the things that are needed. Okay, they have the quinine, the zinc, the the um, colloidal silver, the vitamin D3. Get out there and get some sun, exercise, get strong, get powerful, get that immune system stronger than it's ever been. Because this is a hoax. It's a it's a well-planned hoax. To destroy your immune system. Some people say it's not real. It's not a bioweapon. And some people are getting sick. We also know that these are genetically modified foods out here. And organisms. And they're poisoning us. Just like which was stated in the um, Herman Kahn broadcast. And how they would poison the black community. They said they would do this in 1961. And they have done it. Just like in Flint, Michigan. So the way to combat this is to boost your immune system. Number three. Get enough food and water to last at least one year. Okay. Or get a water filter and find a place to grow some food. Now we know based in scriptures that this is supposed to last three and a half years when they actually get it locked down. Okay, when they actually get this locked down, it's supposed to last three and a half years. So you have to make sure you can have provisions so you can survive. Okay. Get some seeds, get some water, find a way to get the water. If you can't have access to water for one year, then get a filter, get a proper filter and learn how to get water. You can get the um, Ecolo Blue to get the water from the air and there's other methods on getting water too. You have to get those water air purifiers that you can get the water from the air. Okay? And get yourself a plot of land where you can grow food. Now you combine number one with number two and number three, you can ride this out. 
You got a network of people, family and friends that think like yourself. All right? You all get together and you have a spiritual revival. Meditate. Number number two, you get healthy as possible. You boost your immune system. You get strong. You get powerful. Number three, you get your food. You get your water. You make sure that you, that your group is well fed. If if um, one person can get an item that the other people can't get, then that person becomes the main resource for that item. You can have a list. You can have about 20, 30 people together and each person says, OK, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get that. I'm going to get this and I'm going to get enough that can last us at least a year. You create your own micro powerful networks. I'm telling you how to get through this. In the ancient times, they were called the Nazarites and the Nazarites would separate themselves from uh, Babylon because Babylon always does this. They always take over. They always get perverted this is what happened in the time of Judas Maccabeus the um, the Greeks came in and they were uh, 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 pushing homosexuality and pedophilia and they were um, polluting the temples and the Hasmoneans freaked out and went on a killing spree and they weakened the Greeks so much that it brought in the Roman Empire. This is how the Romans came in. Romans came in because of those, the uh, Hasmoneans. But the Hasmoneans converted Esau and the Edomites. And then once you have the Edomites in your society, it's pretty much over with. Just a matter of time. As we can see, what's happening now. Number four, invest in protection. Invest in protection. I won't go any more into that. You know what I'm talking about. Number five, avoid the bark, the mark of the beast by any means necessary. Now, if you invested in protection, you can avoid the mark of the beast. Number six. Now, there are many more suggestions and solutions. And um, number six is to contact. It's kind of like a, combina a combi combination between, between um, number one. But number six is to contact your network and then like your own think tank pretty much. And then you guys can figure out the best things that's best for you in the area where you are. Now, I will discuss this on another platform, number six. So I'm not going to go into detail too much here. But for now, please follow these few to the best of your ability. Keep your heart in tune with Ayah. Understand the purpose of Yeshua and be the light in this time of darkness. Now I'm going to close with a message to Ayah. <clears throat> Ayah, thank you for this lesson. I ask that you protect those of us that refuse the mark of this demonic, satanic system of Babylon. As it is written in the book of Revelations, and I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels 
go your way and pour out the vials of the wrath of Ayah upon the earth. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth. And there fell a noisome and a grievous sore upon the men, which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshipped his image. You stated in your word that those that take the mark will receive your wrath. Ayah, all I want is your love. I do not want your wrath, just your love. I ask that you protect us from the mark of the beast and the image. Give us the strength to refuse this system of Babylon. Help us make the right decisions so that we can navigate this elaborate game of chess. Guide us towards the ways to separate ourselves from this putrid system of lying demonic spirits. Protect this, protect the leaders of this nation that vibrate on the frequency of righteousness. Expose and destroy those that hurt our children. Ayah. I want to ask for a personal request, Ayah. I want to ask for the protection of Donald Trump and his family. This is a personal request for the protection of Donald Trump and his family. I believe his heart is in the right place. If he is true, Ayah, make a way for him to separate the United States from Babylon and use the spiritual people right use the spiritual people the set aside people of this nation to destroy the beast oh ayah thank you for this word ayah thank you for this beautiful planet called earth i ask that you raise up the stewards Raise up the dry bones and separate the righteous from the unrighteous. I ask that you hear this prayer, Ayah, in the name of Yahshua, the Messiah. All praise, Ayah. All praise, Ayah. All praise. Angry fire over toilet roll. Moving style, I wash my back. The Africa has less deaths, but it's still 
out, so I guess I'm going in. Freedom is a must, even though we ain't in the wing. What's up now? Everything's shut down. Just like a run, I got this thing on the lockdown. The world's going crazy like a nut house. They wouldn't go shop with their mom, but they wish to go shop now. What's up now? Everything's shut down. Just like a run, I got this thing on the lockdown. The world's going crazy like a nut house. They wouldn't go shop with their mom, but they wish to go shop now. Someone said they can't wait until their better days. They killed George Floyd, so we would go and demonstrate. Now that's the reason to bring in a second wave. Alexio said we should get away and meditate. It's 2020 and we're living at the maddest times. This one is for the voice of free Palestine. Some are still breathing, but they've never had a life. This one is for the kids wondering where's dad at night. Give them power to abuse their authority. The rich get richer while the poor stays in poverty. No care for the homeless, do we care about properties? Earth is turning to a real life monopoly Stop dividing people, we need to unite People starving while others have a food fight 800 rooms in Buckingham Palace and none for the homeless You should be embarrassed Look, okay, I know you're rich, I know you got 40 billion dollars But can you just keep it to one house? You only need one house And if you only got two kids, can you just keep it to two rooms? I mean, why have 52 rooms and you know that somebody with no room? I'm here on Earth one time, I gotta live it right Still no update on how black the ripper died But I don't need no article, I know they killed him Rest in paradise, my guy, you're a real king Don't believe what they say, cause it's hardly true I know they killed Tupac and Bob Marley too I'm a free man, can't nobody tell me what to do You just listen to the news, you ain't got a clue I ain't gonna do something cause a man said it Fought your COVID-19 and your pandemic Don't get mad at me because I don't believe the lies Keep calm, do some research and free your mind Have you ever thought that something doesn't feel right? We need to start a revolution while there's still time Can't trust a word my hand caught said to me Knowledge is power and the truth will set you free What's up now? Everything's shut down Corona got this thing on the lockdown This world's going crazy like a nut house They wouldn't go shop for their mum But they wish to go shop now What's up now? Everything's shut down Just like Corona got this thing on the lockdown This world's going crazy like a nut house They wouldn't go shop for their mum But they wish to go shop now